Hello and welcome back to The Spoken Misc, the conversation podcast about anything and everything, but mostly reconnecting with people. This is episode 43, and I'm here talking with my friend, Jennifer. Bell, specifically. Skip ahead to get lost in the conversation, but if you're curious, we talk about my apprehension to TikTok, colleges, choosing sobriety, our shared birthday and being Scorpios, Bill Gates' divorce, honesty with yourself, and lots of miscellaneous things in between. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Cisco? Uh, we were talking about it before I hit record, but I'm tired as fuck, and uh, I don't know why. <laughs> and um, I low-key feel like I've been overheating all day. Even though I was in the shade like 90% of the day, I still feel like I overheated. But I think it's probably because I didn't drink enough water. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we have a lot of questions to get through. But before that, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself for people who might not know you. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, hello. Um, my name is Jennifer Bell. Um, I'm 22. I went to high school with Cisco. Um, I'm a student right now at UC Irvine, go Eaters. Um, <laughs> I'm a senior about to graduate. And yeah, that's about it. All right. That's a great intro. Um, and we'll get to know you more through the questions. Um, speaking of which, is there a question you wanted to start us off with, or should I start us off? Um, I think you can start us off, Cisco, <laughs> then right. maybe I'll get into mine. All right. So then let me, let me start off with a fun one, uh, just to hopefully like change all like my tired ass mood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I have been hesitant on getting a TikTok since it was, you know, created, um, it just never appealed to me. I don't know if that makes me like boomerish or something, but it was always something like, oh, that's something the kids, little kitties do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. That's how I felt about it at first too, uh, when I first heard about TikTok and all of that. Yeah. And then, that, but now I'm like kind of seeing like, you know what, you know, all that drama that had subsided. I'm like, eh, is it, is it time? Should, should I, should my question to you is, should I give in and make a TikTok? I think it's up to you. For me personally, um, I was hesitant at first with getting the app because I felt the same way that you did, where I was like, that's for little kids. Like, I feel like it was mainly like 13, 14 year olds that were on the app. Um, but then I realized it's kind of a newer version of Vine. So like if you ever watch like Vine compilations and stuff on YouTube, I always do. I quote so many Vines like every day still. I do. I, uh, my favorite uh, Vine. I'm going to segue because I need to talk about my favorite fucking Vine. Yes, it's, please. Um, it is <laughs> the most amazing piece of cinema I have ever seen. It is the Sand Guardian Vine. <laughs> It is the what I, I can't describe it the audio. I can't do it justice, but it's the when the guys are like buried the other guy in the sand and it's just his head poking out and he starts screaming, I am the sand guardian, guardian of the sand. And then his friend comes up and like grabs his like sand chest and he's like, Poseidon Griff is before him. And it just has a shot of the back of his head staring out into the ocean. And he's just saying, fuck off to the ocean. It is the stupidest, most beautiful thing. And that's what I loved about the internet. And it encapsulates the wonder of this world yeah yeah and i think tiktok is the same vibe where it's very like quick laughs casual chill like people are generally not very judgmental on there which i like most people that post on there i feel like inst instagram is very much like this is the most glamorized version of my life 
mm-hmm. and I'm putting out the best possible version of myself. But I feel like TikTok, a lot of times people are just a hot mess openly on TikTok. And it's just beautiful. And it's just, it's it's very relatable, quick laughs, funny. So I I do think you should get one and you should follow me if you want to. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I... Well, if you can convince me for this talk, cool. you will get my first follow then. How about that? Yes, yes, you should definitely get one. Um, But it's 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 a good time. It's a good time. There's a lot of questionable stuff on there um there's a lot of like asmr videos and stuff that i'm not really into like have you heard of those it's like with the sound yeah like, people a- asmr like is very I, I'm, I'm like uh well versed in like internet and twitchness asmr is like a huge <laughs> huge thing on on twitch like every single yeah. like major person you see will have at least one asmr stream for their subscribers yeah and there's that kind of stuff on tiktok too where um so on TikTok, there's a for you page and it'll generally give you videos that it thinks you want to watch. And sometimes those are really interesting. And sometimes it's like, why is it giving this to me? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm offended. But other times it's uh, stuff like that. So some people who generally really like ASMR and stuff like that, it might show you more content around that. Um, for me, my content that's on there like changes like all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good time. You should definitely get one and just see how you like it. And you might find yourself up at like two in the morning, just like giggling at TikToks or sending them <laughs> to your friends. I do that all the time. constantly. <laughs> Even during midterm time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. I have to like, you're like, especially break. during midterm time, <laughs> especially. Yeah. I, I told you we were talking earlier. I told you I'm in midterm season right now. And, um, yeah, I got to take like an hour TikTok break and just kind of scroll. Oh, wait, this is so funny. On TikTok, they actually have like the little people that tell you when you've been on it for too long. What? So some guy, some guy comes out, if anyone's listening and you, you use TikTok, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's some guy who comes out, he's like, whoa there, you've been scrolling way too long now. And then they're like, time to get some food, some water, and take a break. And it like tells you, and I just scroll it past it. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't tell me what to do. do. <laughs> that one like Drake and Josh meme where it's like the delivery guys don't tell me what to do. That's mm. me. I just scroll right past <laughs> it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Making great choices here, Jed. Making great choices. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so then um so they just like give you all the content that you could think you could want and it's like vine so then how do you how do you feel about how intertwined it tiktok is with the chinese government honestly i remember there was a whole i i don't know too much about that i remember there was a whole scare maybe like five or six months ago that like i think trump was saying that tiktok was going to get shut down because mm-hmm. of that, I honestly, like, I don't know much about the specifics about that, but I just remember that everyone was freaking out because of, like, some of maybe the privacy issues that people were worried it was going to get shut down, and a bunch of big creators were coming on, like, in tears. They're like, I love this community. I'm so sad that it's going to be taken down, and then nothing happened. Um, personally, I mean, I, I really don't know too much about that. I've heard little bits and pieces here and there. I guess like when I feel like it affects me, <laughs> I don't have more an answer, but um, I don't, I really don't know. You're like, I, I, I'm not that. hurt by this. I don't give a fuck. 
I feel like it's just been turned like that's been turned into a kind of a meme so mm -hmm. I don't really know what's true and what's false um so I would need to like look more into that but mm -hmm. yeah I, I just remember the whole people freaking out and then nothing came from it honestly okay well then how do you feel because I think this news either broke today or the other day. I don't remember the article but um they, there have been talks about banning TikTok from you know government employee phones like hmm. I mean to to even things out a whole fucking ton a whole fuck ton of shit is also blocked from government phones like youtube probably is a bunch of other shit because you know it's for the you know government work and if you're not doing government work on it like it's it's, your yeah. work. Like, it's not for your entertainment yeah um i mean if they're blocking other stuff off of government officials like if from their like actual like work phone i can see if there's some sort of like privacy issue going on with china like why that maybe isn't a good thing to have on your phone but at the same time like I've seen people saying that politicians like shouldn't be on TikTok at all. And I have, I do follow a couple of politicians and it's kind of nice to see them in a more casual environment and to see them on that platform because I feel like they're reaching out to the younger people and getting them like excited to vote. So I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. for like saying they can't be on it at all. Um, but I don't know. I think if there is any concerns about privacy, then yeah, they maybe shouldn't have it on that specific phone. Yeah, that makes sense. And plus like people like, if like you're offended by like politicians being on like social media and stuff like trump was you know a big twitter dude he he made twitter the the, the news uh he made every tweet he had was his fucking random rambling 3 a.m thoughts and it was news it was important it was government official documents at that point you know um so i could i i, I don't agree with anybody who says like Oh, people shouldn't politicians shouldn't be using TikTok or shouldn't be using Instagram to talk to people. It's it's, it's the way to engage with your audience. And if you say yeah. someone shouldn't engage with an audience, I'm gonna assume you're an authoritarian, and I hate you. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that. I think social media can, you know, breed misinformation as we've seen, you know, with like Trump being kicked off of Twitter and stuff like that. And I think off of all social medias, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I think it can be a tricky thing when you have such a huge voice and you have the power to influence so much that social media is oftentimes a place where people just say whatever's on their mind like literally Facebook it's what's on your mind and it's just what you're thinking about right now um so I think it's hard when you have so much influence over how a country is going to do um, to be able to have the ability to just post whatever you want without anyone looking at it or anyone filtering it first. But at the same time, I think that they should be able to talk to people if they want to. It's just, you know, I think it's a, it, when it becomes a problem, that's when they have to kind of step in like they did with Trump when they're actually causing a lot of harm to people. And, um, and setting an insurrection and storming the Capitol. Yeah, like a problem, you know, a big, <laughs> that's a that's a big problem um, that happened because of that. And totally, I think if you're causing things like that, yeah, no, you maybe shouldn't have the ability to treat Cafefe at four in the morning and never explain what it meant. Um, <laughs> that, and then... Cap the capital riots happened so i mean <laughs> no <laughs> it's all because of kofefe that, that's why they, I, that's why they happened not not because of white supremacy riots. not because of republicans spreading a lie not because of anything else it was 
Kofifi. Because of Kofefe. Kofefe. How is it even pronounced? I think it's I think it's Kofefe. Fuck if I know, honestly. It's it's a deranged uh, lunatics uh he knows. he knows. Or no, I you know, actually I don't think he knows. I, I think he was like on a various uh you know medications and was like needing to go to the bathroom and he was like tweeting from his toilet going coffee fee. I'm gonna guess he wanted coffee or something and he was looking up okay. coffee that he could get. Was That's he like, like trying to guess. go to Starbucks? Like, was he trying to look up a Starbucks app or something? And then accidentally looked at his Twitter and like misspelled it. Was like, <laughs> you know what? That's my head cannon. That is my head cannon. That is that's why that's why Kofefe exists. Trump was looking for coffee at four in the morning. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we kind of got off the subject of uh, TikTok and everything, but it's okay to have those good segues. Um. So you recently posted that you got a lot of more followers on TikTok. So how does that feel to have a significant following on a social media? Yeah, um, it it's definitely been interesting. Um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, I got a TikTok and I've posted a couple of videos that have gone viral, which is cool. Um, I think my most popular one's at like 11 million views or something like that, which is pretty cool um but I think it's shown me how cool people can be and it's been really nice because with my content I post a lot of like stuff just about me and my life and my relationship and who I am um and I've seen a lot of people be really supportive about me and how I live my life and who I am and how I look and all that stuff and it's great but then at the same time um I don't think a lot of people talk about how overwhelming it can feel. Um, even just the notifications, like people don't think about that. Like if someone has a larger platform and they are checking their notifications, like that's going off like all day. Like, especially if you have a video that's getting thousands and thousands of comments, even just feeling like that many people are looking at you can be a really overwhelming experience. And I think a lot of times people forget the fact that you're a human being and they'll just make suggestions about things you need to do differently or things that they don't like about you without realizing that you're just a person and that you're not just there to entertain them. Um, so that can range from everything to someone making comments about little things you maybe never noticed about yourself. Like for me, I know people can't see me, but you know, I have like freckles and pale skin and I have moles on my face and stuff like that and so people will be like you look like a Dalmatian I'm like that's gonna keep me up at night <laughs> oh. <laughs> and other Ouch. little things that you might not think about um and it's it's something that if people have insecurities they're going to find everything that you could be insecure about like someone is going to comment that like it's just gonna happen when you have a video that's getting 11 million people looking at it people are going to comment and they're going to find little things about you that you may have not thought about but even if overwhelmingly they're positive you can't help but be like wow some people are kind of rude that kind of hurts a few you know like sometimes that kind of hurts if you're having a bad day um so sometimes I just have to like mute the comments and I've had to do that for myself and my mental health because sometimes it was like even just the notifications were a lot but overall it's it's really cool because it's nice to have people like with common interests as you and like having those be validated but it's also cool to just be happy like making content that makes you happy like it's just cool for that too not even for validation from other people to just feel like you're making something that you like too 
is really fun. But it's definitely not for people with thin skin, I will tell you that. And I'm learning that. Um, and I think me two or three years ago couldn't have done it, honestly, because I didn't feel good enough about myself that those comments would have completely kept me up at night, even just like one or two. Um, but yeah, overall, it's been pretty positive. And like, I think because I'm just being genuinely myself, people can see that. Um, but yeah, overall, it's been a good time for me, but little things tend to come up too. but yeah. That's good. Well, I'm glad that you're not letting the negative comments get to you. That's like, that's the bane of the existence of the internet. The anonymity that you get by having a username instead of your face. Like it, I don't know. I, I was listening to a podcast earlier um, about the pirate Bay and uh, the founder of the pirate Bay was saying that he thinks that the internet doesn't do anything, but show you your true selves. And, you know, like, most of the time people are going to be genuinely nice because for the most part people are genuinely good people but oh, there's yeah, also that sure. small but significant percentage of people that are just fucking assholes and because they can hide behind a mask or anonymity they'll just go balls to the walls with whatever they want to be they'll they'll be as rude and as evil or mean as possible because they're not going to suffer consequences they're hidden yeah this is what they feel in their souls that they want to fucking get out so they'll just say it and that's yeah i'm sorry you had to like deal with the more brunt of that through your videos and stuff like that thankfully and, i've never gone viral and nobody knows about <laughs> yeah. me so i'm very happy yeah. that i don't have haters yet yeah and i mean i just want to be clear like if anyone's listening and they're just like oh like i don't know like it's it's way more positive than negative i will say that right now and mm -hmm. i feel really lucky that people care about me and like what I am doing and they want to comment and say nice things. And I will say like, not, like I said, 98% of them are just sweet. And they're just talking about, Oh, you're beautiful. Or, Oh, you know, you seem like you are a good person. Like I've had people comment stuff like that. And it's like, wow, that's really nice. Like that makes me feel good. Not that, but the most important thing is that you can't let comments on the internet determine how you feel about yourself and if that's why you want to go on tiktok or want to go on instagram or want to go on youtube and make content you're you're not going to ever be satisfied like because so like because like if you're looking for validation it's not it's not going to work out it's you're just going to be no. disappointed no you are even the most perfect amazing well-loved creators online have people that just don't like them for whatever reason that's just how it is you're never going to get every single person in the world to like you. And so people that go on YouTube or TikTok trying to make content to get everyone to like them are just going to be consistently disappointed because that's not how life works. Because like you said, there's people who just like to be contrarians and just like to go on to get attention. And even if they don't dislike you, they want to be the one negative comment out of a stream of thousands of positive ones. They want to be the one outlier that maybe just goes against what other people think or they want to not like you because you're successful. There's just reasons why people might do that. And it might have absolutely nothing to do with you as a person. That's why you just, they don't know you. That's the biggest thing. You can't take it personally because they don't truly know you. You get that validation from your actual personal relationships. You don't get mm -hmm. it from strangers on the internet. Um, those are the relationships and opinions that matter, not someone in nebraska that's 14 that doesn't like your moles <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Fuck all those yeah. kids in Nebraska. Just kidding. Don't, don't, don't. That, that FBI, don't listen to that. I'll, I'll edit this part out. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. Rewind. That never happened. Never said anything. But yeah, you can't but let yeah. these trolls, because there's nothing that I can't do. They're hiding under bridges. They're just there to annoy you, to harass you. You can't feed the trolls. You can't, you can't give yeah. in to them. Otherwise, you every, trolls win. You can't let trolls win. Do not let trolls win. No, for sure. And I, I think that if people are going online to just be themselves and have fun, then go for it. And I think honestly, platforms like TikTok and stuff make it so easy. So like anyone with a phone can make videos that other people will watch and you don't have, that's what I like about it is that you don't have to have like a fancy camera or like all this equipment. I feel like YouTube is very much like, oh, you have to have a setup and your videos have to look nice tiktok it's like you could just film it on a cardboard box in your room and people will watch it like, <laughs> they don't care they don't care the standards are lower the standards that's are good so that's much lower you know what's wild <laughs> is that i think that's like the benefit of like these like new social media platforms that come up like because vine did that you know you didn't have to have uh like you know like you said a huge setup because the whole thing is that like once these platforms get kind of established like you breaking into them will get harder breaking through yep. them you know to build a community to build content to do anything gets increasingly increasingly harder because like you know when i go on youtube you know what i'd like to look for mostly like it's gonna be like like uh like uh one of my favorite youtubers is marquez brownlee and you know how he does like he did i don't know if you know personally but like hopefully people that are listening know that he does like protect review videos and he you know he has like a a 4k camera or even like a 6k camera and he like has setups he does like amazing impressive like tech demos of you know new phones new technology etc and that's the thing it's like he's been so established because he started off with you know just his camera in his room and his phone at the time or whatever tech he had years ago and now he's you know 10 oddish moreish years later and he's got entire studios set up that's what people would be competing against on youtube and so that's what people kind of yeah. come to expect and then same thing with Instagram, you know, models have professional photographers, people who know how to edit photos so well. And when you're just, you know, you who's just trying on clothes because they like, you like how they look on you, you're not, you're going to be comparing yourself to the already established models who have all the support and stuff. Whereas yeah. TikTok is relatively new, not so much new now, but still kind of like the Wild West. Anything goes, it feels like. <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, as I was mentioning before, it's like different platforms have different vibes, you know, like you can't really put your finger on it. It's like, why is YouTube different? I think because YouTube is longer form content and TikTok is more accessible to everyone, even if you don't have a fancy camera. And I think that's what attracts people to TikTok that maybe don't have a lot of money. Like people like me, broke college student, I have a camera, but I don't have a ton of equipment. So you can just kind of make a video if you want in an afternoon and it doesn't take as much as your, of your time as other platforms require. So it's more appealing to people in that way. I think younger people, especially. That makes sense. I think that's very true. Um, it's like quick and easy. It's like not necessarily simple because I've seen some super complex TikToks that even I like look at it and go like, fuck dude, like I wouldn't want to edit that. That sounds like torture. It looks like torture. Like I literally mm -hmm. just saw some, like some person's cooking TikTok that they had made. And there is one thing I don't like about TikTok, and it's the very high, it's the hyper edit of stuff. 
the hyper editing. And I know it's because of the time restriction that these platforms give, but like he was making like some like be some steak kind of thing or something. And it looked delicious and it looked amazing, but like every like every <laughs> 0.5 seconds, it'd be a new cut, a new shot, like perfectly lit all the way around. And like that's it's your fucking dinner, dude. Like, why yeah, why why is it so extra? But then you know, that's his skill that he's showing off. It's him being like, I can cook and edit. What up? And I think I'm that's like, your film brain talking where <laughs> you're like, what is this? And <laughs> I don't know. I I think that it's interesting because some people, they just put their phone down and record themselves, maybe add closed captioning. That's like also, I like that about TikTok is that a lot of creators will add closed captions for viewers that maybe like normally need them because a lot of apps aren't accessible. And I think that on TikTok specifically, it's one of the first times outside of YouTube where they have that really shitty like closed captioning that isn't mm. half of what they're saying yeah. um creators it actually go best, in <laughs> it tries its best um you know she's doing the best she can uh but a lot of times it'll just be completely not what they're saying um but that's another thing that i like and i don't know why it's specifically tiktok that does this but it's now a thing where like i'd say 80 percent of big creators add closed captioning manually like they will use the text function in the editor and they will go and add closed captioning for whatever they're saying and it's kind of inspired other platforms to add like automatic closed captioning just so it's more accessible to more you know people and I think that's really cool and I I personally think that TikTok kind of started that and creators on TikTok especially because there's a few that are advocating for like the disabled community like on Mm -hmm. TikTok and they may have pointed that out um but I think that's a really cool part about it is that you see people listening more and trying to be inclusive um which is which is cool and I I think that that's something cool that's come out of TikTok I think for sure that's really cool yeah Yeah. right so should I get a TikTok I think you should. I think you should try it. Um, there's like two different types of people on TikTok. There's people who post content and there's people that have like one follower and just follow like 500 accounts. I think <laughs> you can choose which one you want to be. Um, but I think it's cool. I don't think you'll regret it. I think you got to give it a give it a week. How about this? Give it a week. Give it seven days. Follow like some of your favorite YouTube people or just people you like or people you know use the for you page see how you like it and it might take that week but then you'll probably be like wait cool this is kind of like vine this is similar to the vibe of so vine. you're saying i should i should i should take just one hit and i won't get addicted and i won't be addicted <laughs> for the rest of my life <laughs> you sound like you sound like a drug dealer right now i'm absolutely you're like just try so it just I'm, come on just try it once i am absolutely not promising you that you won't get addicted like i was the same where I had my friends telling me to get on TikTok. This is when I was kind of like, no, I don't want to. But then pandemic, boredom, sitting at home, needing ser- even a crumb of serotonin. And so I <laughs> took it up um, and decided that it would be cool. Um, and here I am, like 77,000 people that watch me for some reason later and didn't think it was going to work out like that. But hey, you never know. True, true. Life is mysterious. 
It is mysterious for sure. Speaking of mystery, <laughs> your turn to ask a question. This has no segue. I, this is my terrible segue. <laughs> this has no this segue. Is your turn. Let me pull up my thing of questions. Okay, this is actually a kind of. Um, so my question for you, Cisco. Um, for people listening who might not know this, uh, something Cisco and I have in common is that we both. Uh, he is completed with his film program and I'm a film major right now in school. That's something that we talk about a lot we have in common. Um, and I know that you went to San Jose State and I know that you graduated and I know that there's a ton of film programs in California. Like there's so much opportunity here and there's so many different places you could have gone. And so I was gonna ask you, what was your overall experience going to their film program? And like, do you think that you got out of it what you were hoping to in that particular program. I'm gonna preface this by saying, I didn't intend to go to college for film. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, gonna just, I'm just gonna assume that if you're listening to this episode, you probably haven't listened to a lot of the other episodes, but I talk about how I went into school for psychology first, because uh, as Jennifer uh, probably knows from high school, I was very interested in the human mind. I was very interested in understanding how people worked. Um, mm-hmm. But going into college, uh, yeah, it just made me more depressed <laughs> trying to learn more about my depression. Ironically, uh, it was not a fun time. It was also very, uh, tumultuous, uh, social, uh, happenings at the time. And so I was very, you know, not in a good headspace. Um, but what did, you know, provide a good headspace was finding, uh, realizing, not finding, realizing what my passion was and realizing what I wanted to do and switching to the film program at San Jose State. Um, so speaking of the film program at San Jose State, um, it was worth it because, you know, you get what you get in out of anything, you know, you, if you put in the work, you will get whatever you need out of it. And so going into that program, I was already involved. I was involved with the film club before I got involved with the film program. Um, and through that, you know, I made more friends. I made more connections. I got to learn more about the craft. I got to understand just everything a lot more. And, you know, those connections, those friendships that I made, you know, impacted my life super, in a super, super positive way. And I will never, you know, be upset with that. I will always be happy that I made the friends that I made and I did the things that I did. Um, having said that, if I had the chance to go back, I would have maybe, if I had good grades or better grades at like high school, maybe an FA realized, you know, what I who I really was at my core before I had gone into college for psychology, I would have gone to a different, you know, school for film. Hopefully I would have mm-hmm. gone to, you know, or tried to get into, you know, the infamous USC or UCLA film program or something of that nature, because I, you know, would have had the gumption, would have the courage to be who I wanted to be, who I need needed to be. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, I, don't think San Jose State wasn't, you know, worthwhile or anything. It's just that more like I'm very happy with everything that I got from the program. It's just that if I could like rewind time a little bit to make myself like a little bit better, I would, you know, choose someplace where I could have learned, like not learned more because the knowledge is always gonna be the same. Like I learned by doing, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked on sets at, yeah, and that's how I gather knowledge. I, I learned by doing, um, but there is one thing that you do get with the bigger schools that you will never get with the smaller schools. But thankfully, San Jose State's, you know, gaining a little bit more, um, not rapport. Yeah, rapport, rapport. Um, yeah, is, you know, I like, like prestige. 
you're like prestige is that you get more contacts, you get more like famous people yeah. coming in to talk to your class, you get more, you know, people working in the industry coming to your class and like just talking yeah. to you and talking to the class and, you know, just saying, sharing their knowledge with you. And that's, you know, something that uh, it's unfortunately just a, a byproduct of money. It's just a byproduct of, you know, a, a program's budget. And uh, that's just something that I never like got to have a lot of at SJSU, but thankfully they've been changing that recently, especially because the pandemic, you know, kind of screwed over a lot of their students. Cause like I said, it's a hands-on approach yeah. type of subject. You, you, the education's truncated because of COVID. Um, and so they made up for it with um, some great speakers. Like I got, I'm an alumni, but I got to talk to uh, Joe Russo um, through San Jose state. I got to ask him a very uh, cool question about what the nature of like, what's the role of superhero movies in uh, storytelling. Um, and, Joe was telling me about how Avengers Endgame was uh, all about the idea of predetermination versus, you know, choosing your own destiny. And like, just like, just hearing that like blows your mind. And it's just a small question that I asked him and, you know, it fundamentally made me shift the way I see things. Um, but the plus sides of, you know, San Jose State's film program is that we got a lot of equipment, you know, through the school. Yeah. And so we got to utilize that way, way more because we, all had the gumption in the film club to kind of utilize all the equipment that we had. We also, you know, schmoozed up to our teachers to get the better equipment that was reserved for classes. Yeah. Um, my buddy, Michael, shout out to Michael. He was on the podcast earlier, not early, earlier. Like he was one of the first few episodes. Um, he got really uh, close to one of our uh, teachers and we got to use uh, our Ari Alexa for our shoots. And since then, I don't think any other students have actually get, gotten to use that camera, which I think is pretty neat. Like that's a, golden stamp of approval from uh our our school's program um and it really you know the effort that we put in to make stuff with that equipment was invaluable and i'm also kind of someone who believes in you know the idea of all the choices that you made up in your life have led you to who you are right now so you know i say that i would like to go back in time to go to a different school but the reality is, is that you know maybe i wouldn't be me you know, this podcast That's might really not exist. True. Maybe I wouldn't even be talking effect. to, yeah, maybe I wouldn't even be talking to Jennifer. Maybe I would be worse off. Maybe the pressure would have, you know, literally killed me. Maybe the, yeah. the distance and the loneliness had done me in or something. It, life happens the way it happens. And I'm very thankful for the lessons I've learned along the way is what I would say. The program, you know, it's great, but you get in what you get out. If you like coast through mm -hmm. your classes and don't get involved and don't do anything and just uh, skate on by, like you're not going to get anything. And that's just in general for any program, for anything. Like yeah. don't skate on by, get involved with things. That's anybody that's listening that's young, get involved with things as early as you possibly can. Like that's something I would definitely harp on for if anybody's looking for any advice, I know, I know you're not asking for it, but here it is anyways. <laughs> it's like, Hey kids, make sure get involved with school, go to class. Don't drink at eight in the morning. <laughs> that one I disagree with. If, if, if you don't have anything for the day, if you have nothing to do for the day and you're not an alcoholic, go for it. Like go for it. <laughs> the day's yours. The day's yours. Just don't turn into an alcoholic. Use the day. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. Wake and bake. Wake and bake is way more uh, friendly <laughs> to being than to being an alcoholic. If you drink before 11 a.m., even if you know you're doing that breakfast, I don't even remember like those breakfasts like mimosas, not breakfast mimosas. Like there's like a what's it called? Um, A Bloody Mary bacon and brews or something. It's like bacon and brews or like breakfast and brews. It's like you like just know. get 
fucking drunk as shit like first thing in the morning with like i never worked food. at a breakfast place i worked in restaurants for like three or four years and oh, I it's not a, it's not a restaurant thing it's like it's like a frat thing i think i swear or, oh yeah, i could be talking no, out of my I ass frat boys. <laughs> I, I, I greek life scares me i'm just like get away i'm not like, gonna I'm lie low-key <laughs> low-key same uh, every time i think I of know. frats i think of just a bunch of dude bros in tank tops i know it's funny because i'm wearing a tank top right now like going around like all yeah. like different vibes running their arms so you see irvine um for i don't think i don't know if i mentioned it for those of you that don't know i but i went to uc irvine i think i mentioned that in the beginning um they have a, you've mentioned they it have three times huge... now congratulations you went to uc irvine way to rub it in my <laughs> state school's face uh i definitely get oh, what you're trying to go for do you so think you're better than me because you went to a, a UC instead of a, a Cal State? Oh, please don't cancel me. No, um, no I don't. You elitist. I, don't. <laughs> I, <am>. okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that they're huge on freaking Greek life. And I always thought it was, no offense, I was, that was the dumbest shit ever. Like, I, I can't take them seriously. Like, I see people wearing, like, matching outfits and stuff and walking around. I'm just like, you look silly. Like, you can do what you want, though. Do what makes you happy. But, like, I, I definitely never had an interest in joining a sorority or anything like that. Like, I wanted to be involved, but not in that way in college at all. I just, yeah, I don't it's think not I like a social frat, you know, where literally the entire thing is like be social. It just to me well, it seems kind of like, I don't know, weird. Yeah. For me, fun fact people don't know, I don't drink. Um, even though I'm 22, I don't drink. And so for me, like getting involved with like a social sorority or like fraternity and all of that is a really weird thing because I feel like a lot of their parties are like centered around drinking and alcohol and stuff like that, especially when you're young and like your first time you're living away from your parents and you kind of just want to have fun. And so I'm, yeah. And so I went to, when I moved to UCI, I went to a like a party or two, like the welcome parties that people were having in their apartments that they probably shouldn't have been having. But anyway, um, I just, I had fun at them, but I felt like a little bit like, oh, everyone's drinking and I'm the only like sober person. There were like a couple sober people, but it was just interesting because I feel like they were definitely kind of in their own little world. So you can't really like connect with people in the same way. Some people would disagree. They'd say that drinking helps them connect to people more but to me because I don't drink I feel like it makes me feel a little more disconnected when everyone around me is completely drunk um so I don't feel like I would get that same experience as as uh, any other person that's my age that maybe just wants to go and have fun and be a free spirit um so and I was never attracted to that at all like when I was in college um I don't drink because of personal stuff and um I have a family member that struggled with um their sobriety and so I saw from a young age like how it can affect people and so I it just never appealed to me I made the decision when I was 10 like I I remember I had a conversation with my grandma about it and she's like oh you're gonna change your mind when you're an adult and 21st birthday came and went yeah 21st birthday came and went I mean to be fair most of my 21 year was spent in uh the pandemic so uh (laughs) most of the time since because I turned 21 in October of 2019 because Cisco and I fun fact have the same birthday 
So Fun I fact, it is one of our questions. I was waiting for it to, to come up eventually. I guess <laughs> yeah, we know what we're asking next. You can segue into that next. Um, so I haven't really experienced being 21 and going to parties, like besides maybe four or five months of my life. And during that time, it was like final exams, winter break when I was home with family. Very beginning of the quarter, I went to like maybe one or two parties and didn't drink at all. Then, oop, you're moving home. So, so not a lot Fun. of time what, to what, like what? explore that. But yeah. So no drinking. How do you feel about the uh, the marijuana, marijuana, Mary Jane? Um. So I tried that in high school. Um, because I also scandalous. have scandalous. I know. Um, because I have anxiety, and so I tried that. Um didn't work for me it just made me more nervous gotta, <laughs> i'm real i'm not gonna do that you gotta get the right stuff anyways continue sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no you're good you're good um i had a few like bad experiences with it and i then tried it again later and it just didn't do it for me and i tried a few different you know kinds and strands and all of that and i was not really feeling it, it just wasn't for me i also personally don't come for me I hate the smell like I think it smells like skunk to me so to me I don't like the smell of it personally like I don't I don't love it but some people might totally love it I know some people literally like like I've seen my friends like when I, I was no. and they would like like take in the aroma mm-hmm. they like love it I I don't like the smell personally. no that's un- that's understandable but, but okay but you know what's funny I'm gonna I'm just gonna point this out because no one else can see you right now um right now Jen is like moving her hands around like a typical karen and she's saying like it smells like skunk and she sounds like she's complaining about like the neighbor kids like next door and she's like you know talking oh shit to like she's like an old lady almost on her porch just going like these fucking kids and they're i use smell. my hands with everything i have to use them. i'm joking I mean, i'm not giving something... i'm giving you shit i'm giving you shit <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah yeah no i'm actually a karen <laughs> secretly inside <laughs> there's a karen um but I would, I would, I'm going to recommend because you know I also have anxiety. I also have depression. I have uh, the same uh, debilitations that you have. Um, CBD helps for anxiety. Uh, anything else yeah. is pretty much just going to make you more anxious and paranoid. Um, I figured that out the hard way. I uh, ate an edible of uh, something that was you know just mostly uh, THC, and Ooh. I just sat at my computer just trying to like watch YouTube videos, just do nothing, and I had kept on like checking over my shoulder, like someone was like breaking into my house someone was gonna come murder me it was uh, a yeah. fun trying to unlearn that but you know gain tolerance yeah. and you gain an understanding of what you're using because it is a substance it is a you know a tool that you can utilize um oh and i'm totally for other people using it don't get me wrong like i i i think it's terrible that there's people literally sitting in prison for it when other people are using it recreationally i mean that's a completely different topic but that's that is that's bullshit. just terrible that is bullshit and I think that everyone should have access to it and I know that it does wonders for people like with cancer and like it's literally can be used as like medicine and I'm all for people using it if it helps them and their body like a hundred percent like I want people to have access to it if they feel like they want to I mean even if they just want it I don't think it should like it's not a big deal I think anyone should be able to have if they want to just smoke weed just for the sake of smoking weed, they should be able to get it. Like, I have no issue with that. Um, it's safer but at the same home. time, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I just think that, like, 
some people, like you said, it, it just didn't really work with your body. And then that should also be respected at the same time. But yeah, I mean, I think anyone should be able to do what they want. And especially if it helps them. I know some people it like helps them sleep. Some people it helps them just with like PTSD or like anxiety and absolutely. I had a headache like, before we started talking and now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because of marriage and wanting to be okay no I mean I kind of had it because I was you know like I said I was like super tired and I felt down and then I took one hit of my vape and now I feel I felt okay oh, you vape. interesting there's so many different ways there's so many different like if you've ever for me when like I wanted to try it it's like if you've ever been around someone and it's like your first time ever like oh what do you want to use we can use a bong. We can smoke out of this co- like Coca-Cola can. I got the highest <laughs> we could use. And it's like, they're so honored to be like your first. And it's like, I want to get you high for the first time. Like, that is true. Do, I want to make edibles. That is true. Never. Okay. For noobs, please don't do edibles first. It, they, they have a higher dosage. They will hit you randomly if you've eaten or if you've not eaten. Like that's a, that's a, you figure it out yourself after an entire like day or weekend even like problem everything else you know will happen and dissipate eventually it's one of those things where because i mean like i have tried edibles and it's like it's one of those things where you're gonna feel fine for like 30 minutes you're gonna be like it doesn't even affect me and then all of a sudden it's like whoa (laughs) whoa and then it goes away but it's it's definitely something that i would like you said i wouldn't recommend that for your first time Um, and make sure that if you do try stuff like that you're in a safe space with people you trust Um, definitely don't like be out driving and doing it because you know that's still do not do not get inebriated and drive that is still stupid and some people do that like oh it was just smoking weed I'm gonna still like drive and I'm like "Mm." you're you're you're, I I think slower when I'm high like I, I understand that like I get so distracted yeah and I can't I was I was trying to make a joke. It wasn't that funny, um, and uh, it just it just I know it affects, and I know it'll affect driving. Like I don't under like it to me. It always just screams stupid whenever someone does like anything that changes the way they think and then operates heavy machinery that can kill people. Yeah, no, I don't have any sympathy for people that like drink and drive or no, you should people you that, should that that stuff upsets me and see that's why I feel like sometimes I like to I mean then of course this isn't the only reason but that's why I don't always have a problem with like if my friends want to drink and I go with them I almost feel better because then I know that like I'm going to drive and they're going to get home safe and then it makes me feel good because like I sometimes would get worried like if they're not ubering or something it's like you shouldn't be drinking like unless you have someone there with you that can look after you and like I'm okay taking on that role of course not every time we hang out because I have had friends that especially when I was like at UCI not yeah I mean for some cases sometimes there was a few times where maybe right around the time when like I turned 21 there was like a friend or two where they're like oh hey Jen do you want to come because they knew that I had a car and I don't drink so they might have just like thought about me so they could have a ride home like I had that happen maybe once or twice um same with oh hey you're 21 like you want to stop at the store and get drinks and I'm like well 
I don't know if like <laughs> it's like but you, but you there's someone there that's not then that's kind of putting me in a weird situation because I don't know them like I don't know I just sometimes mm-hmm. it was a little bit weird um but other times you know they would just invite me for the sake like hey we just want you there and we don't care like what you do like if you want to drink or not like that's up to you um those are the good friends but, those are the friends the ones that don't give a shit are the good friends yeah for sure for sure but I mean not really it, it may be just like once or twice I got kind of the vibe that maybe they just wanted a designated driver um but most of the time no not at all all right weird segue completely <laughs> off topic um what was the, the question was uh San Jose State's film program all right I guess it's, it's gonna be my turn I'm, I'm moving I'm, we're moving on we're, we're changing the subject just completely now. yeah just completely segue like just mm-hmm. just hit me with a hit me with a hard one no, we are talking about <laughs> birthdays because we mentioned this and then we got very off topic. Um, so to reiterate, uh, Jennifer and I have the same birthday. It is October 24th, not the same year. Uh, we are not the same age. Uh, it would be very, very weird if we were like like on the dot, like that day, that hour, that year. It'd be fucking insane. But since we are born on October 24th, we are scorpios first day of being scorpios woo scorpio gang i don't i don't really whatever i don't really care which is why (laughs) i am asking you what do you think about astrology does it have merit um it's really interesting to listen to people talk about it and i think i also have been one to maybe like check my horoscope and be like that's totally me but it's like that's you know what totally let's, check let's, let's check our let's horoscope let's check our horoscope right now horoscope right now because it's our horoscope it's gonna be mm-hmm. the same Scorpio. what's interesting though about Scorpio. yes look it up what's interesting about astrology though because um i i follow a lot of uh lgbtq people on twitter and for some reason there's a lot of correlation between that community and astrology so I've learned a lot more about astrology maybe since the pandemic started than I knew like ever before. And I also learned that you have like your sun sign, which is what we share, but then you have like a rising and a moon sign that you got to know too, because then that makes your horoscope more accurate. And I don't know, because sometimes I hear it and it makes sense, but then I just think they're also also general that it, you can find ways that it fits pretty much anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what is really interesting, though, is that, and I don't know if this is, like, anything significant, but uh, my boyfriend now and my ex-boyfriend were both also Scorpios. So I don't know if, like, I have a thing, like, being attracted to Scorpios, but I feel like pretty much most people I've ever dated have been Scorpios. So if anyone is into astrology and wants to say what's wrong with me, you can feel free. <laughs> um, but it's like, I think most of the people I've ever dated have been Scorpios too, um, which is supposedly supposed to be really intense and bad, but that hasn't been my experience with either relationship. But yeah. It's almost like it doesn't. It's not me. real. <laughs> it's Just a little like thing. It, doesn't mean anything um i i think that might just be a coincidence um because i think it's i don't know i don't know what to believe what's a horoscope did you pull it up okay horoscope Uh, apparently today uh it says this may seem odd scorpio but you may not be the person you think you are there are indications that you have hidden talents if they come out today no one will be more shocked than you 
This could take your career in an entirely new direction. Strategize ways to incorporate this talent into your career. Your work will take on a new dynamic and you will take a major leap forward. So <laughs> it's, it's vague in general. It's like you have something that you aren't using and you're going to use it today and it's going to help shape your career. I say that as yeah. I talk about a podcast that I'm doing that I want to continue doing in the future and just watch it yeah. fucking fundamentally it, change me. Watch. It's, it's interesting because I think horoscope writers write it in such a way that it can apply anyone can take that and make it mean what they want it to mean because it's not telling you what what aspect of your life is talking about for example if it made the assumption like oh you and your partner are gonna blah 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 or you and your parents are gonna this or that like or you at school like because it can't be that specific because obviously not then everyone it'll, born then it from, won't work yeah not everyone born from October 24th to like November 22nd or whatever it is is gonna all be in school like that's just not how it works to me I don't see the harm in being into like astrology and stuff like that especially if it is fun and maybe even if you feel like it's helping you discover yourself but uh when when it starts dictating your life and like you dislike people because of their sign and stuff like that, I think it becomes a problem. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's, that's when just, I think it becomes a problem. I think it's pretty, I think doing that, like going to that extreme is ridiculous. Um, like I've heard of people not dating people from certain signs, and I think that's fucking stupid. I think that's one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever heard. And this is me coming yeah. from like, I'm not very, I'm, I'm not anti religious, I am very a religious. And it's just it's just it's more loops and jumps and hoops that you make for yourself to justify something stupid um not saying that astrology and believing in is stupid i'm saying you know not dating people because of their signs don't match with yours or whatever i think that's stupid being prejudiced you know. and judging people based on their I, fucking I, birthday <laughs> the fucking birthday but i mean like but those areas though they're 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 fucking assholes i know but those gem no i'm kidding (laughs) those capricorns or those whatever like i mean you could say it about anything i just think that i'm just kind of against putting people in boxes and saying that they are bad because they're in this box if it's not something that's based off of their like behavior if it's something that they were just assigned at birth like it's your birthday i don't think you can really judge someone because of that like something they can't control something Mm -hmm. they didn't do to other people that's just who they are it's it's literally just the time and day they were born i i don't personally think that you can judge an entire person and their experience based off of what time they were born um but i mean some people are more spiritual and they think that events around the universe might influence that and if they want to believe that that's great as long as they don't judge other people for that and they don't Mm. put other people down that's just kind of what my mentality is about a lot of things. It's like you can do what you want as long as you're not hating someone because of something they can't control. That's yeah. how I feel about it, honestly. I mean, that's a good way to that's how everyone should approach it. Um, and that's kind of why I was we were talking you said earlier that a lot of LGBT people like astrology. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people kind of want some kind of spiritual guidance and they want some kind of mm-hmm force feeling anything to kind of guide them and you know they can't really go to the catholic or protestant church or really any major religions because they're very extremely 
homophobic. They are, yes. you know, built on this idea, one man, one woman equals a family. And yeah, they also have led lots of, you know, incarcerations, murders, etc. of this marginalized <laughs> people. Um, and so astrology never had any of that. It never did any of the oppression that all the other things did. No. And so it seemed to me, it seems like it's, you know, the go-to for whoever doesn't want to subscribe to and change major religions. Cause I know there's like Christians yeah. and some who are gay and who like, you know, actively work within their church to kind of change the perception of stuff. And then, you know, this, uh, this adoption of astrology is kind of like a, I'm not about that either, but I'm also not about not nothing either. Yeah. It's a way for people to be spiritual without committing to a God or a community that has turned their backs on them hmm. that they feel it has because again not an expert in astrology so if i say anything remember folks we, we are not experts of anything if you want i'm not an expert on anything i even though i'm gonna get a degree in like six weeks i'm not an expert on that don't trust <laughs> me don't listen to me we are people. i don't know we are people talking are, about things from being. our perspectives so from my understanding of astrology is that i don't believe that there's any like god involved in astrology i think it's just thinking of like the like the interconnection between humans and people and living things and the universe around us very much like you know i don't want to say godless because i know people that relate their beliefs in astrology to like christianity and other like beliefs with a god but i think that it doesn't center a god at least in its practices and beliefs and all of that so I think maybe why queer people are attracted to it is because you don't have to subscribe to some of the homophobic aspects of like Christianity because I don't think astrology cares what sexual orientation you identify as. I think it's just a very universal thing where it's like everyone has a birthday. Mm-hmm. Everyone, it's, it, it, it's a shared humanity thing. Every living thing has a birthday um so I think that's maybe why people enjoy it because it's something we all have in common um but of course you know there's thinking it's fun and actually full-on letting it control your life and I think it's up to the individual to decide what works for them but mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense you know I'm going to ask another question because we're segueing into it. Um, so you said you don't believe in God. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what made you come to the conclusion to be an atheist? Why not mm-hmm. agnostic or otherwise? And I'm only asking, not because I'm not genuinely curious, but also because I've had this question asked to me, you know, multiple times throughout this podcast like if you've been following along <laughs> i've answered this like three times in the past few episodes and i'm gonna make like, i'll answer <laughs> it again tonight so i want to ask someone else who uh, who also shares the same uh ideas yeah yeah so um so i guess just a little bit of like background on my family because i know everyone's family with religion is different mm-hmm. and how you were raised to talk and think about religion is different um my parents never like made me go to 
traditional like Sunday church or anything. We weren't that family. Um, my parents tried to get me and my sister to go to like Bible camps and I went to Bible soccer camp and I went to uh, Bible theater camps, which is how I actually got involved with like, you know, acting and all that creative good stuff. Um, but we never really centered it in our family. And I know that that's not the experience of a lot of people, but for my parents, they just didn't really bring it up that much. We just didn't really talk about it. It wasn't a big part of our lives. My grandma, however, is very religious on my mom's side. And then my grandma, my dad's side, who passed away um, from cancer when I was in high school, she was baptized shortly before she died because it was like her dying wish when she had cancer. Um, and she was baptized, I believe, in the Catholic church. Um, and that was something that was very important to her uh, when she was dying. Um, the only real person in my family that had a hard time when I started having doubts about my religious beliefs was my grandma. Pretty much everyone else in my family is either agnostic or just like doesn't really talk about religion. Um, I started having thoughts that maybe I didn't believe in God maybe when I was like 13. Um, I think it might have been like when I was looking around on YouTube and stuff and I was trying to figure out how, how I felt about things and I was starting to develop my own opinions. Um, and I think a lot of it was coming from the Prop 8 stuff, um, which if people are listening and aren't from California or you don't remember, that was when uh, California tried to put a ban on gay marriage um, and I believe did. It passed. And it my passed neighbor passed. had uh, a Prop 8 uh, say yes on Prop 8 sign next door I neighbor. Think I, know who, I think I know at least, I don't know if I know your neighbor, but I knew someone who did as well. And that's a whole different segue topic about why that was hard for me, but it was mainly coming from religious communities around me. And I think that that, along with a lot of other things, made me just start questioning my own beliefs. But again, keep in mind, I didn't really have a strong foundational, like, I totally believe in God. It was just one of those things where if people asked me if I was a Christian, I would just say yes, but I didn't really know why I was saying yes. It was just like, well, I went to Bible camp as a kid, so yeah. But I didn't really practice religion actively. It was just something I said, because it's like, I felt like that's what I should say. Um but then around maybe 13 or 14, I started like, you know, doing the internet research people <laughs> do. The not, the not, do not recommend, but you know, we all have to do it. We all have to go and watch like the amazing atheist and like whoever else on YouTube. Oh my God. And- I fucking forgot about that dude until <laughs> yeah, just yeah. right now. Holy shit. Guy, yeah. His name's oh like, my God. I used to be like, obsessed and then his channel took a complete different turn because now he's like he, anti-feminist and oh, like he, all he went stuff. super incel he went super incel yeah so i had to stop watching um i well, did too like because it was it was bad it was really yeah bad. but i watched him i watched um i think mr repsion i watched a couple other streamers that were like they they just had these like long form videos about society and like politics religion and all this stuff and I just like listening to them and they were mainly males if I'm remembering correctly like I don't think there were a lot of female youtubers I'd watch as a kid I don't know why that was that was just like how it happened to be um and I just I guess I realized that I didn't have a connection to 
the church and I don't think it took a lot of realization because I just wasn't raised that way um but I remember it was hard because I would talk to my grandma about it um and she struggled with that because she wanted me to believe what she wanted me to believe and then that led to some difficult conversation um but it ended up being okay it was just she would sometimes say some like passive aggressive stuff about it and it led to some disagreements, but nothing too serious. Um, but I, I definitely think it, it, it wasn't as much of a challenge for me as it, I know it is for other people where they had to still like continue going to church. Um, I actually worked at a church even after I was identifying as an atheist for four years. Um, but that was when I was working at a theater camp, the same one I went to as a kid. Um, and they had a whole thing. They're like, we don't ask your religious like beliefs before hiring you. Like we're, you're just a camp counselor. So we really didn't center God in what we did. Like, yeah, the play themes kind of talked about God, but we didn't do like Bible readings or anything at the camp. It was about theater and about being creative and art had nothing really to do with God. It was a summer camp. Um, so yeah, I would say I do identify as an atheist. I wouldn't say that I'm like anti-theist. I wouldn't say I disagree with people's right to believe. I, I totally wholeheartedly support everyone's right to believe in whatever religion they want. I just, for me personally, it's not something that I find that I need in my life to feel fulfilled um, at all. Yeah, I understand completely, literally same same mind except i come from a different angle um you know grew up catholic the entire yeah. got went through catechism went through baptism had first communion you know my mother is super <laughs> my mother is super catholic and she's only gotten more catholic as time has gone on i i've eaten you know uh the jesus wafers uh i've drank his blood like a vampire um a whole nine yards but you know i even it's strange because you said like we used to uh, like going to church when you're an atheist. Like I realized I was, you know, losing my religion around like 11, 12 years old. And this is when my mom would be like, you know, forcing my brother and I to go to church every Sunday and, you know, partake of all the symbolism and everything that happened. And I would be it'd be like me dragging lead feet. Basically. I hated going. I would literally fall asleep at the back of the church. Every single time we went, I would be nodding off and like waking up after falling down. Like it just did not interest me. I did not care for it. I already knew that I, what I kind of wanted to believe, but still I was, you know, coerced into going cause I'm a child and I have no, uh, autonomy over myself at that point um but then i think after like 13 years old is when my mom kind of got the picture that like if i said i didn't want to go to church i i would make it i was i was a brat i'm not gonna deny that i would make it torturous <laughs> if we went to church i would go i would get ready as slow as possible so that it would be late i would sit in the back i would have headphones on and be very disrespectful intentionally be like you brought me here I don't want to be here. This is what happens if you bring me here. So stop bringing me here. You're and rebelling. Were, yeah. You were you were taking back whatever little power you had. Yeah. Because you felt like it was out of your control. And that's yeah. what I think a lot of people do in those situations when you're young 
is you test people and you want to take back that power because mm-hmm. it was taken from you by forcing you to go. Yeah. And it's wild because I remember I, there's this weird memory that I have from when I was a kid where I staunchly defended, you know, creationism. Uh, I remember like I was in second or third grade and I was talking to uh, a classmate. I, I know who it is. I'm not going to say her name on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, but uh, she was, she was, uh, you know, raised Buddhist. So she never once believed in God. And we were just talking about, you know, I think evolution. And she was saying like, you know, humans evolved from monkeys, nothing happened to monkeys. And I would, I was like unabashedly going like, then who made the monkeys? Obviously it was God, you know, it was obviously him. And like, she would be, she even said like back then, like, it, you know, they came from, you know, things that were monkeys before back in time, back way, way, way back. And me being, you know, indoctrinated essentially was like, nah, no, no, it's God. It's God. I know. I know the answer. God. It is God. And it's the magical space magician. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, as I grew up, I cringe at the memory because I'm like, God, you know, that's, that's some pretty faulty logic right there. It's like, everything's we justified. all got some cringy memories. Yeah. yeah. We, we, all, we all have cringy <laughs> memories. Um, and so like, it, it's very interesting to me to see how other people kind of came to their conclusion of whatever they believe. Um, yeah. Do you think that your life is harder as an atheist? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's harder for me. This is my experience. Other people can, I'm sure, have different experiences. I think because I live in a very loving and supporting household that I don't personally experience any sort of like hardships because of my beliefs. My beliefs really don't come up, especially I think because in, I feel like because I go to a, like a public university, I feel like it's very separated from religion unless you're literally taking a religious studies class, like religion almost never comes up for me, at least in my experience going to a school in like Southern California in a very like liberal school because where I go is a very liberal school, um, outspokenly very liberal school. So it doesn't really come up for me that often that I have, I've never really felt like I had to defend my beliefs. Um, and my boy, my boyfriend's an atheist. I'm an atheist. Um, my dad, I believe is agnostic. And really the only time it's ever become harder for me, like my life has been, with my family that is religious but like I said that's a very like only a couple of people in my family are um besides just maybe some uncomfortable conversations it's never really had a huge effect on my life it's just kind of a part of who I am mm-hmm. um I don't think I've ever been like denied an opportunity because I'm an atheist because I've literally worked in religious like buildings and I've worked for religious companies and stuff and no one's ever asked me my religious beliefs um but I also don't actively bring them up all the time which you know most people don't walk up like hey you believe in god like that's not normally how, <laughs> not normally how strangers greet you um but you know hey, do you want to talk about the lord and savior the big bang <laughs> yeah you, I, I don't know I I haven't 
I haven't really experienced anything like that. I've, okay. I've had, I have had awkward situations where I maybe assumed someone was an atheist and they were not. And then it was like, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, a girl I used to work with, uh, I don't know why she, she, I didn't, I didn't think she was Christian and she was, and I was saying some things and, um, then she posted something on Instagram, like the next day about being super religious. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. Like, oof. Oh no. She probably, goofed. Oof. I done goofed. I done goofed, but you know, she didn't say anything and she was more shy. So she wouldn't have, but I, I felt bad after because I felt like I might've made her uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I done goofed. But besides done goofing, nothing really <laughs> has affected me because of that. That That's I can think of. Well, Thankfully, we live in a very modern society where we can have these beliefs. If we, we live in a society, <laughs> if we were in, if we were, unfortunately, and I hate generalizing things, if we were in the Middle East, we would be not a thing. Even if we were in the South, like that too. Um, that might that is a, a true fact. That that definitely. I mean, we live in. I was talking about this with my dad today. I mean, we live in a very comfortable overall diverse and accepting compared to other places bubble by living in california yep. you know especially compared to other states um true we definitely are able to express our opinions more that maybe go against like traditional beliefs here easier than other places at least I think so. And I think most people would agree. Um, Cause once you kind of leave this little bubble of the West coast and start getting to other parts of the U S you realize just how, you know, how traditional redneck, <laughs> you know, kind of more old fashioned beliefs people can hold. Um, mm -hmm. And we see that here, but I, I don't think nearly as much as other places, um, in my opinion, but yeah. I think you're right. It yeah. is your turn, friend. Okay. Um, let me pull up my questions. Um, so I saw this, this is more like current events. Um, I saw today for people listening, um, Joe Biden announced that the CDC is no longer requiring mask wearing in most situations for people in either indoors or outdoors. And as long as you are vaccinated. So I know Cisco, you are vaccinated. I believe fully vaccinated. I uh -huh. am fully vaccinated as well. Moderna gain. <laughs> I know I'm a Pfizer puppy. I'm sorry. I'm Pfizer puppy. I'm a yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm superior. So you know, you know how you're elitist about your UC thing. I'm elitist about my Pfizer <laughs> shot. All right. So I will say that Pfizer. Up, I'll survive like, better. That's that's what I have. I think Pfizer is the top tier. Like I think if you're if you're I've seen people calling it like Pfizer poppy. I think if you're a Pfizer poppy, you're a top tier. And then like Moderna. <laughs> Moderna's right under. Let's like like <laughs> it's, come it's, on. You're, you're either a Pfizer poppy or Moderna, uh, Moderna mommy. Yeah, pretty much. And so that's what I am. So it's like Pfizer, I will admit, I think Pfizer for some reason is just like top, like top dog is Pfizer. Moderna is like right underneath it. And then like Johnson and Johnson's just like all the way down. It's Johnson and Johnson's the like, C student. It's the C student. Yeah. It's like, 
it works it does it you pass but it's like c's get degrees it's just so funny and i'm so sorry if anyone's listening and is like all proud of their jobs and jobs and i'm so sorry but you got vaccinated be proud of that like be proud of your vaccine i had i had um myself and two of my coworkers, we were talking about getting vaccinated and we each got one of the top three vaccines and just our faces and tones when telling the other people which brand we got completely changed. So for me, I got Moderna and I was like, oh, I got Moderna. Yeah. And I got it. I got my two doses. Coworker, uh, she was like, yeah, I got Pfizer and I got it at, you know, my hometown. Then it goes to my other coworker. She's just the head down so like quiet about it and she's like i got vaccinated too we're like oh what'd you get she's like johnson and johnson we're like wait what'd you say johnson and johnson i got johnson and johnson okay stop pressing me (laughs) you're like it's okay she's like okay it's all they had you got vaccinated that's that's what matters most you got the vaccine that's leagues better than other people so my question for you I guess yeah, it's a two-part hear... question. <laughs> Before or after judging who got what brand of vaccine, my question for you is how do you feel as a vaccinated person about this announcement that you don't have to technically wear a mask indoors or outdoors? Do you plan to still wear one? And second part is how do you feel about how mask wearing itself has just been super politicized? I fear. I the politic the politicization of mask wearing is one of the stupidest affronts to humanity that the Republican Party has done. Um, it literally yep. costs you this much freedom. Like it's like a fucking smidgen. It's literally what, however the thickness of a fucking mask of freedom. That's that's how much freedom you're fucking losing. <laughs> it is so not hard to wear a fucking mask in public. <laughs> It is literally so fucking easy. It is the easiest fucking thing you could do to save someone else's life. But motherfucking people, for some reason, need to be all up in arms about a piece of fucking fabric over your face that literally helps people because my freedoms. And yet they ignore every other, the swath of other bullshit that their party fucking does to to encroach on people's fucking rights. Sorry, yeah, got passionate, no, got angry. I, com- <laughs> I I completely agree, and I I don't see why. I mean, I and I am I don't know. Uh, I'm a person with asthma and other lung problems. Um, so sometimes when I like exercise or work out a lot, um, I can have moderate to severe asthma symptoms, and it's not fun. So. I wear a mask whenever I go out and I hear people say a lot like I can't breathe in this thing like I can't breathe and it's like I can breathe just fine and I know people that have worse lung conditions I can I'm not trying to say that everyone is good for wearing a mask or whatever no, like okay, some but here, here's the thing here, here's the thing if you're if you're saying you can't breathe in a mask if you get COVID you're gonna fucking die yeah it's like if you hate wearing a mask uh you're gonna absolutely not be able to stand a ventilator yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you think a, ma- a cloth a thin cloth mask with maybe like a filter is bad you're gonna absolutely dread being on a ventilator and like that's just how I feel about it is it's just to me I don't know like I wear it when I go to the store I wear it all of course wherever I need to I wear it when I go through the drive-thru I know some people don't do that I just do it because I think it's respectful 
it's just the fact that I I want the person that's working at like I went to In and Out today. I want the guy working at In and Out to know that I give a shit about his life. And if me wearing my little, I know people can't see, if me wearing my little sunflower mask from Etsy will make someone feel more comfortable and it's like no problem to me, um, I'm going to do it. Even if I am a fully vaccinated person, I mean, I, I just think it's polite. I was in a Starbucks like two weeks ago and some Karen comes in and she didn't wear it. And they're like, ma'am, you have to put on your mask. And she's like, oh, well you know how it is. It's so hard to remember. And it's so uncomfortable to wear it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if you think you have it bad for 10 minutes, how do you think those Starbucks workers are wearing it 12 hours a day? Like, I mean, yep. just put it on. Yeah, like, there's, it there's like you five sides outside. You can suck it up. You can <laughs> yeah, you have to wear it for five minutes to get your caramel macchiato. I think you'll be fine. Like, I, I just... It is, so, it, is, it is like such a minor inconvenience. It is, it is so stupid to me. There is something about, you know, the government mandating. Some people can argue me about, you know, government mandates, about, you know, encroaching on your bodily autonomy. Those arguments I actually enjoy because those are good ones. But when you get down to it, it's, it's like fucking a millimeter thickness of fabric that's encroaching on your rights. That's not it's, hard. It's really and it like, and I mean, you can make it a fun thing. You can get like a cute mouth match to your outfit. Like, I mean, you can make it like not such a negative thing. Um, and no, I totally agree. I mean, I just, to me, people might completely disagree to me when I wear it. I, I forget sometimes I have it on. I, I'm just like, I'm just wearing it. Like, yeah, sometimes it's not fun. It's like, oh, I'm going to store crap. I have to run back inside and grab a mask. I forgot to put one in my car. But normally I keep like three in my car, put one in my purse. Like it's, it's not a big deal. It's just something that we do. And even if, you know, it doesn't, do anything or even if I'm not around anyone that has COVID it's just like it's such a small thing I can do but it just shows everyone around me that I I, it shows everyone around me that I care and it might help even if it might help it's such a small thing you know if I can protect myself my family or other people around me then why wouldn't I do it is Mm -hmm. how I see it yeah my everyone uh, not everyone everyone in my family but me and my father got COVID uh, earlier this year interesting Um, and Guess who was the person that was wearing a mask indoors around his family around the time that his mother was sick? This guy. Guess who never caught COVID until he was not even after he was vaccinated? This guy. Because science works. It does. And yeah. I don't know. I just really, really wish that it was just the one thing that wasn't politicized because it it's so it's it's such a small thing that saved could have saved so many more people. But because of someone's adamant, adamant nature, they're they continued the onslaught of people, and I I, I just can't respect that. I can't. It's so there's simple. Certain, there's yeah. and there's also so many other ways to get around not wearing a mask. I hate masks. I'm I'm gonna say it. I hate masks. If I'm fully vaccinated. I don't like wearing masks when I work. I don't like wearing masks anywhere. But it's literally a piece of fucking fabric that goes over my face that's not going to stay on unless I'm working for more than like 10, 30, 10 to 30 minutes at most. It costs me it, yeah. nothing, nothing. It's something so small. It's, it's the fact that people, I don't know. I don't know if it's, 
it's just really interesting. It's arrogance. It's 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 arrogance. It is arrogance. It's, it, it's people thinking that they understand more than people who have literally studied this for their entire lives. It's them thinking they know well, better yeah. than Dr. Fauci. It's them thinking they know better than people who literally research viruses when they don't even fucking understand what viruses are. It's, it's, really arrog- it's pure arrogance. Pure I arrogance. see people like commenting, like arguing with actual doctors when they're just like some guy. And it's like they don't have any you're, sort you're, of medical you're stupid. background. You're, you're, you're an entitled fuck. Like you don't know anything. Like you don't know shit. Yeah. If you think you know more, like if you think that your YouTube and Reddit and forums. If your research internet research. Qualifies. Yeah, qualifies you to speak and say that you know more than someone that went to medical school and has been practicing as a doctor for like 30 years and you're delusional. Like that's just how mm. it is. Like, yeah, yeah, you can, you don't have to agree with every single thing that a do- that someone says because they're a doctor, but when it comes to what they've spent their life's work working on, then I think you kind of have to listen to that community. You can't just assume, you know, more, um, you know, uh, I think people tend to pick and choose professions because you know, those same people also give the benefit of the doubts to, you know, police officers who have been working the force for a while whenever yeah. something happens. So Pretty why much. is one thing different? Why is experience different, folks? If you're an anti-masker and you're still listening to me, which I don't understand why you are, because I, I called you an idiot multiple <laughs> why? times. Um, <laughs> think about why you agree with one person's experience and not the other ones. And it's probably because, you know, you don't like getting your biases checked. Like It's because of who's being affected. You just think it's about because other of people. which communities mm-hmm. it's which communities are being affected by it and they care so much about you know like you said like police officers and stuff and people that they think are like heroes and all of that and then yet when it comes to like doctors and nurses who literally they mistrust take care they they don't have trust in them you know, when it takes more training to become a hairdresser than become a cop, and yet you don't want to listen to a doctor who went to school for freaking like eight, nine years, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and spent years working in the medical field. You don't want to trust them, but you're going to trust a cop that went to school for like a year. And like, you, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's just twisted logic. It's, it's cognitive dissonance. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but speaking of Joe Biden's mandate about not having to wear masks indoors, I'm so fucking happy because my, I working on, working on sets and stuff like that, I have to get tested. I have to get, you know, mm-hmm. I got tested today for COVID. I don't need to get tested for COVID. If I have it, despite having a vaccine, that is a huge major problem. That is something that like this fucking, you know, work is not going to solve, you know, and it's not going to be something that I even have to worry about, you know, it's like 95 to 99% effective. I will be an outlier at that point. It will be so out of the ordinary that it would be a shock. And I don't like wearing the mask for 12 hours, almost straight. That is something that I think every worker who has had to work through a pandemic understands is that these masks fucking suck. Not because, you know, they're like, an encroachment of our rights it's because you know the straps hurt our ears our fucking yeah moisture in our mouths you know makes our moisture in the mask and it just makes it uncomfortable and there's these just you know these little uncomfortable things that you suck up because you know mm-hmm. when you're d- during the pandemic you you do it to keep everybody safe but as be- being a vax person i'm like i want to i want to flaunt my fucking face 
I got vaccinated and I can take off this mask. Fuck you. Like get vaccinated, take off your mask and then we'll be chill. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that came to my mind was when he announced it was people are going to fake their vaccinations immediately. That was exactly what I was just going to ask you. I was going to say, so then how do you feel about like there's, there's already fake vaccination cards being sold on eBay. Like which is fucking stupid. It is so stupid. Let's talk about this for a second because I think it's one of the stupidest fucking things that you could possibly do. You were spending money to get a card that you could probably just get yourself by signing up and going to a vaccination site, grabbing the card, and just fucking walking for free, and then just signing it your fucking self. Like how fucking stupid do you have to be to pay? For something that they are literally handing out for free. You could literally chicken out. Like you could just go to the vaccination site, say you want to get a vaccine, get your little stupid card, and then and be like, Oh, I'm afraid of needles. And then dip out. Or like say, Oh, I'm afraid of needles and I can't handle this, and then just leave. Like, I don't if you paying for a fucking fake vaccination card, you are a moron and you deserve everything that's coming to you. Um Yeah. But no, I you know, I agree. <laughs> I also am not of the mind that, you know, we need to check everybody's vaccination status for like everything, you know, like if I go to the Starbucks, I don't need to flash my vaccination card. I I think that's, you know, useless. They're going to be in and out five minutes. The odds of you spreading the disease are minimal, but for things like traveling concerts, big events where a lot of people will be, or, you know, be packed together. Those are different situations because they have a huge high potential. Like you don't go to a concert to like just have a full fun time and mask, you know, like that's you, you drink, you have fun, you talk to your friends, you sing along. Yeah. Like it's a very, uh, you know, communal human experience. And that's something that I think will be hampered by masks. And thankfully, yeah. you know, everything's been pushed back till hopefully everyone, not everyone's going to be vaccinated till a lot of people are vaccinated. And I would hate to wear a mask to that, you know, like even yeah. if like I'm vaccinated, I, I would, I would hate it like because at this point I have done every single thing that I can do to mitigate the disease spread. I wore a mask. I socially distance. I have been vaccinated. And if the vaccines work, I shouldn't be at risk or as high a risk as I was before. And if a lot of other people are vaccinated, that risk gets even, it gets fractionalized even more, even more, even more, even more. But yeah, it all it takes is one person to not be vaccinated to get someone else that's not vaccinated infected. And then that's just another tally mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and also depending on which one you got, of course, in your system, you know, there's very, 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 very small, but a still possible chance that um, someone who is vaccinated can still can still get COVID. Like it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's very, very, very unlikely. It's it's a, it's the same it odds of possible. like a condom like f- malfunctioning. Basically, it's like yeah, the same it's thing. Like you, you're doing everything. I think I think it's even better odds than that because I think that that accounts for like human error, whereas mm-hmm. with a vaccine, you don't have to do done anything by like a professional. Yeah, it's like unless they literally like missed your arm, like there's no <laughs> human error. Um, I guess the human error is like your body rejecting it or it not working in your system or you having a reaction or something. I don't know. So to me, I guess like as a response to Biden's announcement, 
And this is also coming from my perspective as someone that works and goes to school from home. So I don't have to go on 12 hour film shoots, you know, in person. So I've never had to wear a mask for that long. So I'm coming from, I know, and I'm coming from that perspective um, where for me, I was surprised at the fact that he announced that so soon. And I personally am of the belief that I, I would have liked to have waited until we reached even a little bit closer to more of like a herd immunity. Um, or at least we're very close to that. I believe we're at like 55% have received one dose. And I believe herd immunity is somewhere around like the 65 to 70%. Um, mm. So I think I would have liked maybe waiting till like June 1st to lift but here, this. And, but here's the thing. But, yeah. Is that herd, herd immunity isn't going to be achieved. I that's that, that That's pretty much what every projection has been you know, saying, and this is also me kind of being low-key doomy and gloomy, but because it's been politicized, you know, the virus has continued to spread. People are adamant about not wearing a fucking cloth on their face. Um, And people are, there are more anti-vaxxers now than there ever have been. I ran into a lot of people who were even on set or like, I'm not going to take the vaccine. I'm like, you're in the back of my head. I'm like, you're You're fucking stupid. I think that it's ridiculous to, you know, not take something that will help you, yeah. you know, be better. But at the same time, I also kind of, I do understand where they're coming from, where they, you know, it's, it's very appropriate to not trust the government and to not trust companies that make money off of, you know, selling you things that are supposed to fix you. I, I definitely yeah. understand that. But it's not like COVID is a fucking made up thing. If you think COVID is a made up thing, I think that you're, you know, you're one delusional and I, why are you listening to this podcast? And then it's two, it's just like the flu. No, it's, it's not. not just no, like the flu. It kills not. more people than the flu. It's going to be like the <laughs> flu now because people don't want to have herd immunity. And now we're going to have it seasonally because people want to treat it like the flu. It becomes the flu because you make it like the flu, but it's more deadly yeah. than the flu. And more people will die because of it. Look at India. India has had a yeah. huge surge in COVID cases and they're not dying because what's, COVID's dangerous. What's sad is that I believe they produce a lot of the world's vaccines and they're not using them on their own people. They're sending them like overseas. And it's just like money it's because they're trying they're basically like fuck our people we're gonna make money and it's just kind of messed up because their own people are suffering and yet like yeah they might be making a lot of money off of it but it's like at what cost how much would you pay to have your people be healthy you know and I'm not saying that that's the only reason why they're not I'm but I am saying that I think that if more of their resources were going towards keeping their own people healthy, then that might help a little bit. And I definitely think that the United States, like, cause I know that some States in the South just have vaccines sitting in a fucking fridge. Like they're not yeah. using them. And that's exactly um, why we're not getting herd immunity. And that's why they, I mean, in my opinion, they should re reexamine on average, how much each state is using. And then it, it even if you want to look at it from like the most selfish America first standpoint, it benefits everyone to have the world not spreading COVID right now because new variants occur, like emerge that we don't know if our current vaccines are going to be effective against them. So even if you are like the most nationalist, like I am so pro-America, America first, all that, it benefits everyone to keep everyone on earth safe from COVID. So it would benefit us to take the excess vaccines that are sitting in a fucking fridge and send them to India or other places that are struggling because 
first of all, it's just the right thing to do. And second of all, selfishly, it helps everybody um, to not have it continue to spread and form new variants. Yep. So I, I mean, I'm of the mindset that I think, I think we're seeing now there was a peak and like pretty much everyone who wanted the vaccine was lining up to get it. And now we're seeing the numbers going down on average per day of how many new people are getting it because now there's no more tiers. It's just open. Like anyone over 16 can get Pfizer. Anyone over 18 can get Moderna or Johnson and Johnson. And now it's like, we got all this extra vaccine. We're not going to use. What are we going to do with it? How can we most efficiently use it? Just send it to places that need it. And you don't have to make it like, Oh, pay us. Like just, just send it. It, it just <laughs> solves, it solves the fucking problem. It solves the fucking everything problem. has to make a profit. Just do the right thing. Solves the problem. It's sitting in a fridge. It's already paid for. Just send it over. Like maybe like charge it for shipping. I don't know. <laughs> just send it over. <laughs> like, like here you go. Like we can figure it out. We have freaking Amazon send shit out every day. We can figure out how to get it to them efficiently. Sure, we can figure it out. Yeah, but. Yeah. Oh, this year has been insane. <laughs> yes. What a crazy yes, year. Has. Wild year. You know, I asked two questions. So I'm gonna throw it back to you. Okay. Let me pull up my fancy list of questions I have today about Cisco. Um this is actually a, a really good related question to what we were just talking about um so my next question is what do you feel you have gained during the pandemic and what do you feel like you have lost do you think that you have learned anything new about yourself with more time obviously alone um or do you feel like you have missed out on anything in particular let's talk about the negative first. I, I obviously yeah. the same thing. I lost the same things that everyone lost, which was time, time that we can't get back time that we, you know, could have been doing towards other things. And, you know, some people are like, you know, the hustle mentality, like you should have been working through COVID. You should be doing different things, this, this, and that. And everyone who's fucking said that is already fucking rich since before the pandemic started. So fuck you. Yeah. You already had money. You never had to worry about making money and you never had the fucking problems to deal with that other people had to deal with. So suck my fucking dick, you assholes. Um, Cause you I struggled. Cause I struggled to fucking find work. You know, I I'm, I'm a freelancer. I, you know, go where work calls me or whatever. I can apply to work to, to work on film sets and shit like that. No one was making stuff for a good while. And a lot of work was, not there it was not available it was not possible um and that's time and effort into my career that i can't get back i literally felt yeah. like at the beginning of 2020 like this is gonna be my year i'm gonna work on so many cool projects i'm gonna do so much cool shit and then you know the panic set in my own depression you know kind of made me apprehensive to even just like look for more things too at the beginning of the pandemic um and it's just time that I couldn't get back just in general. Yeah. But on the flip side, I gained a lot of time for my writing. I 
yeah. wrote every day. And, you know, instead of having like a nine to five or, you know, being on set for 12 hours, I would write for almost 12 hours straight if I could, or I would, you know, cut myself off at five or six. And, you know, I, as long as I hit my words, uh, my daily word count, I was okay. And I was doing, I was doing a job. I was, you know, keeping myself productive and I finished stories. I finished things. I learned how to finish what I started because one of my biggest problems as a writer was, you know, starting something, you know, getting to a great idea, working it out and then stopping once I ran out of juice and going like, huh, I'm kind of stuck. And then moving on to the next thing because I wasn't stuck in that thing because the idea and inspiration was still fresh. So during the pandemic, I learned how to manage myself in that regard to make sure I finish things. Um, yeah. And keep myself accountable with, uh, my habits and what and whatnot and at the same time because i wasn't you know working on sets and i wasn't making my own things besides just typing them on it, it reinforced the the reality of me being a creator me being creative i started this podcast because of the pandemic i miss people yeah. i wanted to create something i needed to you know keep my skills sharp and i, I felt compelled to it, it was a it, it all with me everything that i do feels like a compulsion almost like a deep seated soul i don't even know what word i would use I, as you can see i'm a terrible fucking writer i can't even think of a good word um <laughs> um i i just felt compelled to do things and do something um and if i couldn't do it on set i was going to do it you know through my writing i i created so many cool things, I think, and finished cool things last year that I never would have done, you know, had I been hustling, had I been working and had I been um, doing the rat race and stuff like that. And you know what? I think that was for the better. I know I hate, I hate saying that I, there's a silver lining to the pandemic because people fucking died, but I learned a lot about myself. I did a lot of introspection and I know what I want to do and what I have to do to get to what I want to be, to be who I want to be. And yeah, it just it just reinforced a lot of uh, my deeply uh, deep seated thoughts about my future and my career. And in case you're wondering what conclusion it came to, it's like I want to be in a writer's room. I want to be writing in things. I want to be writing for stuff. And you mm -hmm. know, obviously, I'm not doing that right now. But the whole point of life is to go on a journey to figure out who you are. And you know, mm -hmm. each step that I take is you know not a deviation it is a wandering to get to where i need to go but you are setting yourself up to have those opportunities available to you like you just said you said you're setting goals you are working with what you have and you are self-disciplining enough to say and i remember i mean we're friends so i remember you doing this i believe it was 200 words a day you said no matter how shitty you feel every day for a year, I believe all, all of 2020, mm -hmm. you sat down and you wrote 200 words a day. And sometimes you'd go over, sometimes you would barely hit 200 words a day and see that self-discipline just shows that you want to be the best writer possible. And I think that that dedication to your craft is what's needed to be in the writer's room. Not everyone um, has that self-discipline and dedication like you do. So that is, that is true. On the flip side though, that's also not an impressive number. As much as I, uh, 
I, I tell that I, oh, I wrote 200 words every day during the pandemic. That's not impressive at all for writers. For writers like who get paid to write, they write like 2,000 words a day. You know, Stephen King writes like 2,000 words a day. Uh, but granted, he also writes novels and yeah. he also did a <laughs> yeah, lot of fucking Stephen coke King. and I'm not going to do coke. Sorry. So I, I don't think I could crank out 2,000 words a day because Just I'm not Stephen one. King. Um, <laughs> I write better, I think, or I feel things better when I'm high. I don't say I write better because there's whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway. anyways um and i know it's not like you know the most impressive amount or the most huge amount but i also like i said i work on sets you know sometimes i gonna be running around for like 12 fucking hours in a day like i don't have all the time in the world to like sit down and write like i get what i can in my notebook yeah. if i'm on set but then sometimes i'm literally just too busy to write and so when i get home i like 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 it's like really late or I have to wake up super early to get in the morning. And so I really have like a window of like maybe one, one hour or two hours of, you know, getting writing done. And so 200 was like the, the amount that I know I could always hit like, that. Like this is the minimum. If you don't hit this, you are a failure for the day. And it's not that hard to hit that minimum, but because I'm picky and I know what I want to write, I will sit at a page and going like, that's not the right word I want to use. That's not what I want to do. That's not how I want to do it. And so I at least try to get good words and great sentences down and great you know, description, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But even I know that this is not, you know, the grandest habit of all time, but it's working it's with who I am. It's still nevertheless an accomplishment. Yeah. It's still an accomplishment. Thanks. And I think even... I feel I feel like I have this habit and I think listening to you just now I think I tend to compare my achievements and my I guess how I'm going through life my timeline I tend to look at people around me and be like I should be moving this fast because someone my age is moving this fast or I think I should be here because someone else is here or there you know and I think that that is still something you did for you and that you should be really proud of it and I definitely can relate in the sense where sometimes like I can't go on LinkedIn more than like one time a week like because it, it just stresses me out because I just oh, see I, people being like <laughs> I, I, legit, I, can, I couldn't look at I haven't looked at LinkedIn since I graduated I oh have been so fucking terrified of looking so at my every time Every time I go on, it's just like, I'm so excited to announce that I have accepted a dream job with dream company. And I'm so nope, can't do it. And I'm just nope. like, I got to click off. It's just, it, it's just, it gives you, it, it gives me imposter syndrome. So what I'm saying is that you, and I'm not just saying this to like hype you up or anything. I'm just saying this because I tend to have this habit where I, view my I, I I talk down about my accomplishments sometimes because I don't want to seem like I'm all that but that is something that is an achievement that you should be really proud of because it it nevertheless takes a lot of self-discipline and you can work up to more words if you feel like you have it in you but you still you still did that so that's something that you should be proud of and I'm sure that helped you as a writer and I mean I've I've had the pleasure of reading Oh, of course, your we lose connection. I, I, you're somebody who 
Oh no, we lose connection. Oh wait. It, it, it went it went down for a second. Oh, okay. I'll repeat that. Insert edit here. I've had the pleasure of reading your work before, and I think that you're really talented. And I think that given this continuation of your self-discipline, I think that you can very well be in that writer's room in your life. It's just a matter of having those opportunities made available to you. And they can come when you least expect them. They can come because you work your ass off to get them. Sometimes you might just be at a mixer of some kind and it's like you meet someone and it's like, oh, hey, like I'm hiring oh, someone. Just right mixers. place, right time. <laughs> in college, I found like that's something that- Well, because of the pandemic. I yeah no, no no mixers right no mixers right now <laughs> no. unless it's like on zoom and it's like all right guys we're gonna do breakout room no but it opportunities will come and i think to those who are prepared prepare, I, to I, those who are prepared and you are preparing yourself and that's something to be proud of thanks you know? it's not enough but thank you i mean not not that sounded so rude not that your words aren't <laughs> enough but my effort <laughs> Is that enough? Geez, that sounded so terrible. I was. <laughs> you're good. God. You're good. <laughs> I, I, let me. Okay. Let me. I know what you Chris. meant. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words and for your the for what you were saying. I but personally, I know that even though I am very proud and I'm very thankful that you are also very happy. Uh, it it's not. It's not two thousand words. It's not. It's not Stephen King level. And I know I'm not writing novels, but still, that's the. It's the caliber you. I unfortunately have to compare myself to because that's the, you know, these are the that's people who inspired me. These are the people who inspired me. I've read Stephen King in the sixth grade. I read it in seventh and sixth grade and it was so fucking amazing. It was one of the most amazing stories that I ever have, that I have ever read. And it made me realize just how much I adored writing and storytelling. Um, granted the only it movie that they had at the time was the really weird uh tim curry one which you know yeah it's great because it's tim curry but everything else about the movie is pretty fucking trash i'm not gonna sugarcoat it but that's seeing the difference between that and you know the new ones it's like I, it just makes you reinvigorate yourself and your love for storytelling it aside um i don't know how to segue uh right now um so this is You're the good. awkward segue uh to um do 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 to something totally way off topic um go for it so bill and, melinda, bill and melinda gates just got divorced a few days ago or announced their I divorce um so do you think that celebrities and rich people marriages are doomed to fail hmm. see that kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning with like talking about how when people have large platforms we tend to forget that at the end of the day they're all just people um so like I can't necessarily say all celebrity marriages are doomed to fail because I think that people's relationships it depends on who person a and person b is you know I don't think that necessarily because someone is a celebrity they can't have a great relationship with someone but I do know that money and fame can change people. <laughs> um, and I think that maybe if a relationship starts under different circumstances, like I'm not sure about Bill and Melinda Gates, I would assume 
that they were probably married before Bill Gates was super rich, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and perhaps their relationship changed once money and fame got involved. Um, I also just think that a lot of times people just would naturally grow apart. And I think a lot of things can lead to that. I think success, having a job where you have to travel a lot, like if you're a celebrity, um, can make people grow apart and people naturally change and their needs change. And I just think because people are celebrities, I mean, what is it like 54% of marriages end in divorce? Um, it just, you know, is put on the stage. So we don't hear a lot about the relationships that are working. We're hearing about the ones that aren't. Um, I think that's why it seems like all celebrities get divorced because we're seeing the 54% of everyone getting divorced, but it's just amplified in magazines and news stories and stuff. It just feels like more because we're hearing about them all the time. I don't think they're doomed to fail. I just think that being in the public eye makes things a lot harder in terms of having a healthy relationship. Because if you're constantly having all of these eyes on you, how we were talking about how people tend to be like natural skeptics and like they, they're crit overly critical, overly critical of people for the sake of being critical. That could include like critical of your relationship and then that can put ideas into your head. You know, over time you might believe it's true. Over time you might question your partner. It could lead to jealousy issues. So I don't think they're doomed to fail, but I think that being in the public eye makes it a lot harder to have a healthy relationship with people in your life, especially if your relationship is a big part of your fame. And like people know like Melinda is like being Bill's wife. So like they might comment about her husband and stuff like her ex-husband, I guess now. Um, but yeah. I would like to think there's hope. I think I'm kind of like a hopeless romantic where I, I like to believe that people can find love wherever they are, but um, I definitely think being in the public eye would, would make it really hard to be in a loving, healthy relationship. I can I see so how too. it would put a lot of, a lot of stress because now it's not just you and your partner, it's you, your partner, and your millions of people are watching you. Um, their opinions constantly on every little thing you do. Like when you reach that level of fame, I just feel like you have no privacy anymore. Yeah. Like nothing. You're you're selling you're selling your your sense of privacy for this platform, and you're giving that up. And a lot of times they don't realize how valuable it is to be a, a nobody. You yeah. know, you, you it's valuable. I you know, while you're talking about this, I was just thinking about it. They're not think I was thinking about it today. Cause I sent you these questions. Um, I kind of exactly what you're saying is probably exactly why they're getting divorced. Um, and I know this is going to sound kind of really fucked up, but I think I can pinpoint the moment that Bill Gates looked at his wife and decided that they're going to get divorced because there was an interview that uh, Bill and Melinda had where, you know, they were just talking about the vaccines and stuff. And she joked that, uh, about like microchips and she's like oh Bill doesn't have the technology to do that yet or do that yet and she you know she was trying to be funny she was trying to you know tell a joke but to Bill that's a serious thing he actually has to contend with and actually deal with the public perception that they're going to give him 
that he's the vaccines that he's helped funded are going to give people 5g covid or fucking you know microchips to track you and if you're really concerned about that one you're an idiot and two you have a phone probably it makes you an even bigger idiot um and like the way he looked at her after that joke was made and it didn't land on anybody like i know it's fucked up but i saw like the i'm gonna divorce you eyes like this is this is it this is over it's because of that public perception yeah they probably have other issues besides just that but that was like the nail in the coffin honestly i swear yeah i think that people don't realize that like and i think about this stuff a lot it's like um this is just another celebrity i guess that similar thing with like public perception like uh billy eilish comes to mind because i know that she when she was a minor she's always been known to wear like really baggy clothes and a lot of people are like oh that's her style and it is her style she dresses very like androgynous and she's very much like i wear what i want but in interviews and stuff she's come out and said that a lot of the reason why she wears baggier clothes is because she has a curvier body and when she was a minor she never felt comfortable putting her body out there because she it would be judged and even though she is a person that already dresses so much to basically hide her body she was talking about it and she's like yeah there's still like jokes memes websites made of like me being like a 600 pound man like they'll put me my face on that and there's like a game she like posted it on her instagram story it was like a game to like poke a quote-unquote like fat Billie Eilish and it's like this gross like demon figure with like it's like an extremely distorted body and she already has to deal with people attacking her body even though she's taking every precaution to cover it Mm -hmm. and it's just really interesting how I think everyone wants to be famous you know, like deep down, we've all thought about it at least once. Like everyone has, everyone's been like, that'd be kind of cool. Like everyone's like, that'd be kind of cool. That that might be an interesting experience. Like we've all thought about like, oh, if we could be a celebrity for a day, who would we be? But I think we, we think about it about the positives and we don't think about what we're giving up because there's that grass is always greener. Like that's something I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. I want to experience it. But then for yep. people that have been famous their whole life, they're like privacy. That's something I've never experienced. I want to experience that. Um, and we don't know how good we have it, I guess, until, and I think that's, and I think that's why a lot of celebrities have like breakdowns and stuff, because imagine being in the public eye all the time, every little thing you do is under a microscope. And I think that maybe that led to Bill and Melinda Gates breaking, you know, I can't imagine that kind of attention all the time you can never turn it off even little memes and stuff like it might be funny the first time but if every time you post something there's twenty thousand of them it's like i've worked my whole life for this is this what i am to people mm-hmm. you know and there's also something they can fuck with your mind yeah and there's also the, like the added mind of like not added mind the added problem too of if they're a, a celebrity or they're known for something, that means they've worked their entire life for that usually, or they mm-hmm. work extremely hard for that. And that takes priority over anything almost. And that affects relationships and that affects, mm-hmm. you know, the dynamic of the relationship. 
because if something always comes first, you know, like Bill with Microsoft and, you know, his other endeavors, they probably came first because, you know, it's his life's work when it compares to Melinda. And I'm not saying that she is unimportant, but, you know, he probably weighed it more. He probably weighed his work more important because that's what he's been striving to do the most, you know? There's more pressure to work hard because if you just decide to slack people are going to be like why aren't you working hard and then and then there's also if you're at the top you will become irrelevant you will drop down in status you will lose your class status etc 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 yeah definitely definitely and so yeah i don't think that it's for sure that they're going to break up or anything like that. Not Bill and Melinda Gates. I'm talking about celebrities in general. Um, uh-huh. But I just think that there's challenges that are unique to that situation that can just completely destroy the relationship. Or there's also just anxieties that they may experience as someone in the public eye that might change their own perspective of themselves and then if you don't love yourself how can you love someone else you know mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. Hmm. all right we have reached or are approaching the two hour mark and this is the point of the show where i ask you if you want to end the night with one great question each or if you want to speed round speed run through all of our remaining questions? I think one great question each. Okay, I'm just saying, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be quick. This is the, <laughs> this is the thing that I do. I, I not force uh, more conversation, I imply more conversation, regardless <laughs> of what you choose. Um, you know, speed runs are fu- fun because they're not ever speedy. It just, you know, extends the episode to like four hours and it's happened, it happens all the time. Um, <laughs> But all right, um, I'll let you ask your uh, question first so that we can end the night with you talking. Okay. Um, so my question is regarding kind of going a little bit back to your writing. Okay. Um, I remember in high school, you started I don't know if it was when we were friends yet I think you already had like a couple going you had those little notebooks that you always kept with you and like that's something that I very much associate with you um and you've continued keeping those notebooks and all of that so what's your favorite thing in your notebooks that you've ever written and what's your least favorite thing that you wish you had never written and that you wish you could erase from your memory <laughs> and never have written it down is there any piece that you've written down in your little notebooks that you just completely regret writing down and then what's something that you wrote down in your notebook that you're really proud of simple answer for the regret stuff uh <laughs> the dumb ideas that i wrote down there's been so many times where i've looked through old um old notebooks and there's like an idea i literally used to write like idea and then like you know it's like a little stupid premise to like a movie or to a to something and at the time i was like oh this is such a great idea that i had to write it down and then looking back at it now this is oscar worthy 
this is fucking <laughs> terrible. Like, why the fuck did you think this would work? This is such a stupid idea. Like, or like, this is so half baked. Like, this is what? What is this? Like, why did you write this down? <laughs> um, as far as like anything I like actually dislike, I I don't know if I'll ever be able to say that except for maybe oh nope i can't i can't say that there was some angsty shit that i used to write in those early notebooks that you probably actually got to like see like there's probably some cringy ass fucking poems cringy ass like angsty monologues about people or society or some shit and yeah you know like they're growing pains they're they're me learning me understanding myself and you know the world a little bit more um yeah but i also can't actively hate like dislike them either like i don't regret writing them because they helped all the experiences you have help shape you to who you are today um yeah but there there are there are some things about my notebooks that i think i regret like i i keep them literally close to my not to my chest but close to me they're always in my pocket or in my cupboards they are like my most private uh like intimate thoughts for the most part um and there have been times where you know i wrote something um about someone you know in a negative way or in a way that would hurt you know someone not because, you know, I'm actively talking shit about them or anything, but because, you know, I'm talking honestly about my thoughts. Like, you know, it it would be not heartbreaking if someone read it, but like very disheartening, I would say, I think. Because like, you know, like as a teenager, you don't understand the way the world works and completely yet. Like, um, you know, I'm not saying that teenagers are stupid because teenagers are very stupid incredibly smart it's more like that life experience that you you get just by living life longer um isn't Mm -hmm. present at that moment and so you know all the all the things that you didn't understand kind of when you look back at them just make you not cringe, but make you kind of wish you learned faster, honestly. Because there's some stuff that I wrote about people, like I couldn't understand why someone didn't like me or why someone, you know, didn't reciprocate feelings or why, you know, friends weren't, you know, as close or why I stopped being friends with people and stuff like that. And you know, as an adult, you, you, you start to learn why these things happen. You're not compatible. You know, not everybody's going to like you. Like you, you could be the, you know, the finest yeah. peach on the peach tree, but some people just don't like peaches. Um, and <laughs> yeah, people don't like peaches. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's just, that's just the way the world works. Like you can't make someone like a peach if they're not going to, if they actively choose to not like peaches or something. And so like me trying to force like friendships and relationships and stuff like that doesn't always it wasn't never going to pan out, you know, cause it just was never yeah. going to. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like I could have been less like, I, I don't, I, I try, I think I tried my best not to shit talk people, but you know, my emotions are like my emotions. You, you know how you remember how volatile my emotions were, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And 
those angsty poems uh, they can't uh, i don't want to undo them uh, they're etched in ink so i can't if i want to unless i burn the notebooks which i will never do um yeah but they they exist they are things that i don't necessarily regret but things i'm not also very proud of because they're mm-hmm. me still learning about love life the universe etc i think it comes with maturity too and like yeah. healthy relationships and understanding that not everything is so personal like sometimes people just naturally fade apart sometimes Mm. people just aren't attracted to a person for one reason or another and I think when you're young and impressionable it seems like all of those issues that are going on around you in high school are like the end of the world oh yeah and I think when people you know like you and I because we both struggled with like mental health and stuff like that when we were young and you know still of course doesn't completely go away but when you're young all that it can be amplified and and heightened um in your mind um things that bother anyone naturally um just make you feel so much worse um at the time and you think that there's no hope and eventually as you get older you learn that bad things can happen and things cannot go perfectly but that doesn't mean it's the end of the world um it just means that it's something you have to overcome and it can make you even stronger as a person so you writing about it as a kid I mean I wouldn't say that that's something I mean of course yeah reading back reading it back I'm sure it's cringy as fuck (laughs) it's cringy as fuck and I've written stuff that I regret writing and especially when my entire sense of self-worth was like wrapped around how other people felt about me um both in like romantic relationships and in friendships and in family relationships I just was so concerned about how other people saw me that I never once thought about how I saw myself because I was completely like so wrapped up in how other people saw me um that I would center everything that I would write like my own poems and stuff because for people that don't know Cisco and I both are writers and we would share stuff with each other we still do sometimes but um when we're in high school and college and now we share our writing with each other pretty pretty often every now and then we do um and honestly it feels a lot of I'm like bombarding you with hey I have this shit (laughs) tell me your opinion I love it I love reading and I have a (laughs) Plus, I have a degree in screenwriting, so I enjoy getting feedback <laughs> because that's what I did for like two years in my program was just reading people's interesting scripts. Um, that interesting sounds uh, interesting. <laughs> some were, some were, other others no. Anyway, um, <laughs> but um, my writing used to be an emotional outlet for me, um, and I think for you it was too and it still is for me sometimes but I think my emotions were just kind of all over the place when I was younger and I just needed I felt like I wasn't being heard in my life so I would just use like my iPhone notes or my you know word docs or whatever whatever I had to write to just write out how I felt and I'm like 
this person doesn't like me and I'm going to write a poem about it because I'm upset and I'm going to be passive aggressive. That'll teach him even though no one's going to read it. Um, and I think that over time you realize that you can just have people not like you and then it's just like you can just continue on with your day and it's okay and they don't have to. Um, but that takes maturity and like being feeling like you 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 have people in your life that do like you and that you ultimately like yourself. Um, and that takes a lot of growing up. Mm-hmm. And someone in high school may not have the toolkit to to do that because it takes a lot of time to feel comfortable with yourself that you don't need validation from others. Um, but yeah, people get there. And it's not the end of the world if someone doesn't like you, but you can certainly get some lovely cringy poems out of it. Um. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, because on the opposite side of that, you know, when you when when life's going good and the stuff that you write in write out, it's it's great. I think uh, to answer the other half of your question, I think the things that I'm most proud of are the ideas that become that become something other than ideas. Like uh, one of the things that I really 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 adore is that uh, even before I wrote the the pilot episode to uh, my story, Alien Boy. Um, it, it existed in my notebooks from the from the first from the first one not necessarily in the same shape or form but like notes and bits and pieces of world building or bits and pieces of dialogue of stuff that I know I wanted my characters I to say that. yeah it, I think I remember it I'm pretty sure I think there might have even part of me wrong might have been drawings yeah there was probably a few I probably drew a couple aliens here and there <laughs> I think there were drawings like in. I could check right now, but I, I don't feel like opening my cupboard and looking. <laughs> you don't feel, right now. I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> no, no, I mean, just, it's, it's literally like at my feet. It's more like it would be a distraction <laughs> from the conversation, really. Source, just trust me, bro. I think there were drawings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll run out of that assumption. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so like that's what I'm, that's what I'm very proud of. Um, I'm also very proud of the fact that there's writing in them. Um, I, you know, before I had my notebooks, I, the idea of being a writer was just a was literally a concept, a vague concept in my head. I had like, like, you know, composition notebooks where I wrote stuff down in and I did things in, um, and I remember showing that to a friend for the first time. It was the first time I ever shared my writing with anybody. Um, and then that's kind of, I think that's kind of when I realized like, this is one too big of a fucking notebook to carry around to show people. And then two, you don't have to look for validation for your writing, you know, like you write for yourself and it's okay to write for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you're writing cringy ass poems about people, um, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely better for yourself. Um, and so, you know, that's around the time. Yeah. Everyone um yeah I definitely would oh gosh I just yeah I I remember one time I showed I think I showed the person it was I didn't say it was about them and they didn't put I don't think they put it together they're just like wow this person sounds like terrible I'm like "Mm mm-hmm they are (laughs) oh man high school is fun oh yeah (laughs) Oh yeah. That's a cringe. <laughs> that's a hella hella cringe. Hella cringe. Hella cringe. But yeah, so that's uh I think what I'm what I'm happy about. There's a lot of other ideas I could talk about, but also at the same time, the more you talk about an idea, the less you're actually writing it and the less it actually exists. 
So you got to write it and then talk about it. Um, yeah. Okay. You ready for the last question? I am ready for the last question. All right. What is one thing you learned now, you've learned now, that you wish you could teach your younger self? I mean, I think honestly, like, th there's a lot of different ways I could go about this. And I answer in all the ways. <laughs> I will answer it in all the ways. Um, I mean, the first one, obviously, based off of what we were talking about, is the fact that uh, for thinking me like middle school, high school me in terms of younger self, I just completely didn't know how to function without someone liking me or just feeling like I was enough for other people and you know I was bullied pretty bad when I was in elementary and middle school I went to a small charter school and people would find insecurities about you and just pull them out and make you feel bad and I think I let those affect me a lot as any young impressionable person would where they just wanted to fit in people to like them and uh, as I got older, um, if anyone follows me on Instagram, and I know this is stupid, like to some people, but this is, I guess, important to me. Uh, in my bio at the top, something I have is unapologetically me. And the reason that I have that in there is because when I came out to my mom as being bisexual, that's what she told me to do is be unapologetically me. And that was at the beginning of the pandemic. And that is also something I struggled with a lot as a kid was the fact that I'm bisexual and I don't just like men. And I think as a kid, I, I internalized a lot of feelings towards myself that I didn't like myself because of that. I was scared to explore that side of myself. Um, when did you realize you were uh, bisexual? I remember it. I was not the Christian one, but I was at a different summer theater camp. All theater camps. <laughs> All theater camps. I did a lot of theater camps. Um, those are the best places to figure out that you're you're a little gay. <laughs> it's theater <laughs> camps. I kind of it's, it's kind camp. of what comes with the territory. <laughs> so it does. Um, this is actually an interesting story of how I figured out that I was bisexual. So I went to a theater camp, and there was this girl there. I'm not going to say her name because privacy. There was a girl there and we were sitting in like a circle as you do at camp. And I saw this girl and I just thought she was like so beautiful. And I just remember just fixating on her. Same way you do when you see someone that you like in any context, which is how it was for me. And I was sitting there, I was probably like 11 or 12 maybe a little older, maybe like 13. I really don't remember. Middle school-ish time. And she was just like so pretty. 
and she had this long beautiful hair she had these really long I remember just her eyelashes were like really long she had these really pretty eyes and she had these little like dimples when she smiled and I just remember looking at her and being like wow she is so beautiful and I was just so like I wanted to be around her I want to be near her and then it was strange because it's like she had I have brown long hair and she had brown long hair and so part of me was like do I want to be her or do I like her because like I had never experienced this feeling towards a girl before where I was just so like captivated by a girl I was just like confused by it and but then the more I like spent time near her I realized I really liked her and then this is how I know this is when I knew I was talking to her and I we were at lunch I get up and I walk away and then I forget why I go like get water I come back she was being asked out by a boy literally like right there and I was so devastated by that and like I didn't know the boy it wasn't the boy it was her and I think she said yes. She said yes. And then I like go to the bathroom and I was crying. And I was so sad. And then I was just sitting on the floor and I'm like, I, I like girls. <laughs> I'm like, this, I, I'm like, I want to go on a date with her. I want to take her on a date. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? And it was just like so confusing. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, I like girls. I like girls. But I just suppressed the shit out of that. And I just let it stay with summer camp. And I didn't really talk to anyone about it. And then in high school, I actually like tried to go on a date with someone else um, that was a girl. And there was someone, two people. One of them actually now is a, he's a trans man, but at the time was presenting as a female. Um, And there was someone else that was a female. And I almost went on a date with, the guy who was a trans man but at the time was presenting as a female um and I was just trying to explore it but then I chickened out and then I never really explored that side of me and then yeah I came out to my family um during the pandemic and I think sitting with myself and my thoughts I realized that I can't just like deny myself this aspect of my identity. I was in a three-year relationship with a man. And once I got out of that, I just was really spending a lot of time thinking about who I am and what I want. And then I came out to my mom first, the rest of my family. And my family luckily is very accepting when a lot of people aren't. And it was a really cool, liberating experience. And I think that if I were to go back and tell my younger self something, it would be, be unapologetically you, which is, again, what my mom told me, which I'm very lucky because a lot of LGBTQ plus people's moms don't tell them that. Um, And I needed to hear that because like we were talking about earlier, we grew up in Prop 8 California where people weren't okay with that sort of stuff. And then that led me to think that my crush on the girl, which total side note, I matched with her later on a dating app (laughs) 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 this summer. It all comes full circle. (laughs) I matched with the girl and she is gay all time. You missed your shot. You fucked up. I did miss my shot, but she also said yes to that. I don't know. Anyway, 
that made me feel great <laughs> we talked for like a couple of days and then it just like i won't talk too much about that but basically for natural reasons it, it just wasn't the best fit now in my life but wow was that validating the younger me inside <laughs> that i that she was gay and we matched and we talked for a couple of days and then it just didn't work out but you know that felt good and I think younger <laughs> me would have been very interested to know that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the be unapologetically you is is what I would tell my younger self because I'm not the best at following that. I'm not gonna lie, like there's days I don't, but I try to at least as much as I can because I like how I feel when I do that. I like how I perceive myself and my identity and I'm finally comfortable with it. And my whole family knows and I bring it up casually now, which is really interesting. Like just say it to my dad and he's like, cool. Like it's kind of nice. That's Not great. scared. Are you, yeah. were you scared to be you back then? Not in just your sexuality, but like in general. I think I didn't like me. I don't think I was scared. I think I didn't like who I was because I don't think I was really being myself. I think I was molding myself to be what I thought other people wanted me to be. Like I would try to learn about things that other people liked. I would try to like pick up hobbies that I wasn't really that interested in because I thought it interested other people. I would try to mold myself to please the people I was around because I didn't think that I was good enough on my own. And then I started to realize that that was bullshit and ridiculous because I am. Um, because that wouldn't even work anyway. Like people would see through that and rightfully so. I don't think I was scared to be myself. I think that I, I just, I, I centered how other people felt more than my, how I felt about myself. And I didn't, and I still struggle with this. I sometimes struggle with putting my own needs first, like taking self-care days and just doing nice things for myself. I, I tend to kind of like go out of my way for other people and I don't always do it for myself. Um, and sometimes that, that can come back to bite me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's just a maturity and the self-confidence thing really like not being afraid of putting yourself out there being vulnerable being like I genuinely am passionate about this thing and I'm going to put it out there and if people don't like it then people don't like it but if they do then great we can have a conversation about it and we can learn from each other and you know we can talk about something we're both equally passionate about and be friends about that and yeah do you think old you would be or younger you would be happy where you now is i think younger me would be surprised um why surprised? 
I, I think when I was younger, I, I didn't have a clear picture for who I wanted to be. Um, I, w- I was very much like seeing things right in front of me, especially when I was depressed. I would like try to take things one thing at a time. I wasn't thinking too far ahead in the future. I think that's how a lot of depressed people tend to be. Is it, it, to it, take- it makes you have blinders to everything. It really. makes you have blinders because things can get overwhelming and you hyper-focus on something. Yes. So I would hyper-focus when I was a kid and I, I, I struggle with this still like imposter syndrome and not knowing whether I belong in the spaces in which I occupy, like, and that goes for like the classroom life, everything. Um, but it's gotten a lot better because I think now that I have more like freedom of choice and independence and like, especially with like college and all of that, where you can even less like pick your own schedule and stuff. I think that that allows you to feel more confident. Like I can take more charge of my life. And I think that that's something that's helped me grow a lot. And I think younger me, I think, like, I don't know how to say this without sounding weird. I think younger me would be impressed that I was able to do some of the things I have done and would be happy about it. But I think younger me wouldn't even be thinking this far ahead. Like, I think younger me would just be like, so consumed in everything that was going on around me at the time that I couldn't even like consider the future because I was so worried about everything around me and like how people thought of me that I wasn't even thinking about 22 year old me I was too busy being wrapped up in stuff going on around me at the time and like being so concerned about every little thing in my life and letting it get to me I guess yeah I think I think another big thing is like with finish almost finishing school I I think that I I I don't think younger me would have expected that like UC CSU whatever I don't think I I thought I could do it when I was a kid I think I thought I would get like a certificate and then like that would be it like I, I, I never thought I would get a bachelor's degree like when I was a kid I didn't think that I would be able to do it honestly I'm glad you did not yet but I can still fuck it up <laughs> I, I at this point I, I think I doubt that I think I very much think I doubt I, I doubt that I doubt that too, but you know, there's always. <laughs> That's true. You could, you could you could fail all of your fucking finals. You could literally just like fucking piss on your laptop or something right when like the midterms are happening, or like not submit a Funny paper story. or like fucking my my webcam something piss on your fucking, Oh okay. No, my webcam stopped working in the middle of a midterm like last week. So you Oof. never know, Cisco. I, I'm waiting until I you can flunk. Have you can flunk test. out of your bachelor's degree because of a few tests. I yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I will believe it when I see it. Like that's just how I am. I I have a tendency where things like it's what Murphy's law, where like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So things do. I I, I have like a. Like uh, my high school graduation, I had an allergic reaction to something mysterious the day before. And I was like in the hospital the morning of my high school graduation. 
Um, and I had to get like a shot in my ass and I was like drugged up for my high school graduation. And like, if you look at any videos of me graduating, I'm like, Woo! and I'm like cheering. And I like don't remember any of it because I had like steroids and like stuff running through my body. And then I fell asleep at the Outback Steakhouse right after and I don't remember it. Um, but, and then, <laughs> yeah, I just have a, I have a tendency when there's a big event like that, things tend to get weird. So I, like I said, I will believe it when I see it. And I think the weird thing might be the fact that my graduation's on Zoom. So that might be the weird thing um, already, but who knows? But I, I'm not believing it till I get my final transcript from Mr. Howard Gilman at UCI and they're like, you can have your degree, thank you, goodbye. That's when I will believe it. <laughs> I think it's an, an, an inevitability. I knew I would fuck it up. <laughs> inevitability. There we yes. go. Yes. I, I think that it's going to happen. It's just, it, I'm, I'm about a month away from the finish line. So it's just the final sprint I got to do. You're hearing the, uh, the lap three music for Mario Kart. Yeah, when it's like you're on Rainbow Road, it's like, do, 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 and then you just gotta totally race, save your red shells and the bananas and whatnot, and use them all on your opponent. I was actually literally playing Mario Kart like two days ago, so I'm just like, that. <laughs> um, I main boo. Nice. <laughs> I'm a Yoshi guy because. Yoshi's my favorite. Always has been. I would have taken you as a Bowser guy. That's nah. just, I don't know why. Why, why do I get my Bowser vibes? Why? I don't know. You, <laughs> you, I, I, I can, I can see, I can see that or just straight up like, like Mario for you. I don't know why. Basic. It's basic. Mario's basic. basic. To me, I see it like, I see it as a type where I don't see you like going through every, mm, I, I don't see you going through every single character to like find the one. I feel like you just like click A. You just want to play. But that's no, just I, I, I go through the Yoshi colors. I'm like, <laughs> I have to have my specific sky blue Yoshi because that's my, <laughs> my favorite colors. That's my favorite Yoshi. have to have it. And if I can't get that Yoshi because someone else took it, uh, I usually try to go for like one of the baby Marios or like mm. one of the one of the like the fun, like silly characters. I, I tend not to like pick Mario for anything unless I'm playing Smash Bros or something. Yeah, I always play Boo um pretty he's pretty much in every game so i've never had to like really do a backup and most people like i i've never had to be like no i'm gonna play as boo like i've never <laughs> had anyone say that to me um my sister always named luigi and so i would play as boo but they both were in pretty much every mario game like mario party mario kart and then in smash i main as a uh, samus nice uh always but yeah or captain falcon nice Good choices, good choices. Real final, final question. Because I don't want to end off on Smash Bros. Not be, not because it's not a fun <laughs> yeah. topic, but yeah. Um, are you proud of the woman you've become? Because I'm gonna tell you, yeah. I, I I genuinely am too. Oh I am, but not for reasons people would think. What do you mean? Based off of 
like there's very like on the surface changes I guess where it's like I don't know there's there's just things that like even what we were talking about earlier like like oh I've, I've had people like reach out be like oh my god that's so cool that you have like tiktok followers or whatever oh my god that's so cool that you go to that school and stuff like that that's not why i'm proud of myself like that's not why it's like those are cool things um i i don't know i i feel like i'm proud of myself just because i actually i i just feel like i actually like like myself (laughs) and that's such a like a weird thing like I, it, it's like I just didn't for so long, and that's so sad to say, but it's just like I, I didn't, and I, I think for the first time I'm allowing myself to be happy and also just be like, I don't know, proud of what I'm doing and actually enjoying like what I'm doing day to day, and I, I just think that that changes my mood and it makes me even just thinking about how other people are around me like that just might make me more pleasant to be around for everyone so I'm just happier um I think that's why I'm proud and also just the fact that like I think I've made I've done really hard things that I was scared to do like even just like coming out to my family and all of that but I think in the long term have made me also like myself more because I'm sure you can imagine when you're hiding this big part of your identity from your parents and like from everybody maybe even from yourself from everybody from myself not allowing myself to explore that side of myself and I mean like over the summer obviously I'm I mean I'm in a relationship now with a man but um over the summer before I was dating Jake um I was able to like talk to girls explore myself um make TikToks just because I want to make TikToks and not feel cringe I not feel like everything I do is cringy not feel embarrassed not feel like oh my god why am I posting this no one cares what I have to say I don't feel like that anymore I used to feel like that about everything I did was like why am I doing x no one cares why am I talking to x they don't like me but now it's like I'm posting this because I fucking want to (laughs) And I'm, I'm just gonna, like, I don't even, like, they might, people might not think this is funny, but I'm posting it, like, on Twitter, or on TikTok, because I think it's fucking hilarious, and then if people want to think it's funny, they can think it's funny, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to me, it's just, I'm happy, and I, I like, I want to do things that I enjoy, and I think for the first time, it's just so liberating to not be like, how is the world gonna perceive it? And that's why I'm proud. I'm not, I, I, other stuff is cool, but I'm, I'm just happy about that. And I still have, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, I've reached, I, I've learned everything I have to learn and I'm just so happy and I couldn't be any happier. I could be much happier, but I think I'm satisfied with how happy I am. And I could be happier, but I think for the first time I can safely say I'm satisfied. Content. Content. I'm content with where I am with my relationship with myself I'm in a healthy relationship I have friends I know care about me and will be there for me and I will be there for them and it's not a one-sided relationship my parents are proud of me and I feel like I can talk to them about things our relationship is healthy um I just 
feel like I'm in a good place and I am proud of that and I know things are not always perfect but I'm like I said I'm content and that's why I'm Thank you for joining me, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, Crystal. <laughs> That's the end of the show, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a good night. Are you going to say good night? <laughs> good night. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good night, guys. Good night. I hope you all enjoyed hearing us talk. You can support The Spoken Mist by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends and family. If you want to send your own questions to discuss something either of us said or come on the show, send me an email at thespokenmisc at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on social media at thespokenmisc or to yours truly at FrannyAA on everything. Follow the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thespokenmisc and ask to join our Discord server. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you on the next show.